0: good and terrible well i have a microphone and you don't so you will listen to every damn word i have to say this is the mike rutherford show on the big x sportos motor hits geek bloods oids, dweebies they all adore him they think he's a righteous dude
1: All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. right. Welcome everybody. It is Wednesday, February 21st. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you from the world famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in lovely, gorgeous, sunny, almost hot Louisville, Kentucky Cards fans. If you want to take accounting to a whole new level, you can do so with your UofL's Master's in Accounting and Analytics In-depth data analytics courses allow you to achieve a new mastery of accounting in this AACSB accredited program, 11-month competitive internship opportunities, and full access to the Becker CPA exam review prepare you to graduate just career ready in just 12 months. Visit business.louisville.edu today to learn more. We're on the air today from 3.06 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here. Last day uh, of radio before the, the Rutherford family hits the road for Disney World. Very excited about it, uh, but sad to leave everyone behind for a couple of days. I'll be out Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday. Back next Wednesday to get ready for the Duke game. We got Trey Ryan from Cluckers in the house. Trey, say hi. Hey, hello. We got Roman back in the production room. Roman, say hi. Hello. Everyone's raring to go today on a raucous game day Wednesday. We got Louisville baseball going on as we speak. The Cards hosting Xavier. First pitch was at 3 o'clock over there at Jim Patterson Stadium. Looking to bounce back from a rough opening weekend and get the home stand started correctly. We've got the men's basketball team in action tonight at 7 o'clock against Notre Dame. The battle for the bottom of the ACC. Worst versus second to worst. If Louisville wants to avoid being the 15th seed in the conference tournament, probably have to get the job done tonight. They're a favorite as of right now. Second time in an ACC game in the Kenny Payne era that Louisville has been favored to win a basketball game. They are currently a, a 1.5 to 2 point favorite, depending on where you're looking over Notre Dame. We got that to talk about today. We want to hear from you on the Thorntons text line at 502-414-1450. Lots to get to. We got some nonsense to talk about as well. But first, uh, y- youngster fellows. Young fellows. How was your all what does a 20/25 year old do on a-, a Tuesday evening here? In late February. Trey, what were you up to?
2: Uh well I had the Yukon line last night, so I was watching that game That's for a, a little bit. a tough look, tough start. And so that obviously did not go too good for me. But other than that, we were just kinda, you know, chilling, watching games. Just
3: being young guys. Uh, yes, sir.
2: Roman, what were you up to?
3: Pretty, pretty similar. Uh at home watching the watching the parlay crumble. I did have a I did have <laughs> that a hedge good. parlay the hit. Um, which was nice. But you like uh I didn't put um the Yukon game on it, but I did hedge Baylor, which, okay. was, which was nice. Um, because of what you had said yesterday, actually, told you people I going to win. Kept that in mind. Yeah, got a hedge on there, but
1: um, yeah, hung out with a couple buds at the house. Oh, boy. Solid Tuesday. Very solid. Very solid Tuesday. Yeah, we had it, it was a it ended up being a solid, eventful night of college basketball, I suppose, with the number one team in the country going down uh, and going down pretty hard on the road. UConn. I, mean, I, it's like we said yesterday. I was like, I, I, I like UConn here, but. The line is clearly telling you that Vegas thinks that Creighton is going to win. They want you to bet on Connecticut here. And when that's the case, you probably need to stay away from him. Creighton is good for one or two of these games a year where they just they play somebody very good, they knock down a billion threes, and that's it. UConn's coming off the emotional win over Marquette, probably due for a little bit of a letdown. I didn't think it'd be like that. 85 66 is a staggering final score. Uh, but Creighton trying to kind of reassert itself as a realistic final four threat. You had that going on. Tennessee was uh, up against 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 Missouri for a big part of last night's game. Sean East, how about that? New Albany boy goes off last night. I hit a logo three. Uh, had a big dunk early in the game. Was looking really really good. Scored 24 points, but Tennessee roars back to to win that 72-67. The Baylor BYU game. I, tell you, I mean BYU's home court advantage is wildly underrated. When those Mormons get up for a game, they go nuts and they are they're loud. They don't cuss, but they say uh, the S word. Like, literally, the word, S-word, very aggressively. They get after you, and and that's what they did last night. And they kind of put it on Baylor a little bit from start to finish, uh, 78-71, the final there. Uh, Trey was asking us we were leaving, he's like, what about SDSU, Utah State? I'm like, Danny Sprinkle did not lose at home. Mm -hmm. Danny Sprinkle does not lose at home. Utah State, another wildly underrated home advantage. Uh, They took care of SDSU, 68-63. And I did see, I mean, Danny Sprinkle, first year, At Utah State, and of course, unfortunately for him, first years don't count for head coaches. It's 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 a tough break for him. You had Matt Norlander last night, who's talking about you know Danny Sprinkle, twenty two and five, and and doing all this stuff. And then you know the 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 Mountain West is up for grabs. They're leading this crazy Mountain West. He should be in the discussion for National Coach of the Year. I'm like, well, that doesn't work because it's not. This doesn't count. It's a zeroth year. Maybe next year, Danny, but first years don't count. So congrats on all the success, but the record book won't reflect that. So that's a tough break for him. Should Danny Sprinkle be on the list, though? I don't know. It's look pretty successful first year. Texas Tech got a big scare from TCU on the road. Jamie Dixon, they, they kind of folded late from what I saw from the highlights. TCU seemed to have that game well in hand. Uh, and then Texas Tech wins 82-81. to 81. And then late night, I had to stay up and watch at least a little bit of my guys from, Saint Mar- from San Francisco, I should say, trying to go on the road. They have not won in Morega. Since 2003, since my senior year of high school, San Francisco has not beaten St. Mary's on the road. Had a great chance last night. Did not get the job done. The Gales stay unbeaten in the West Coast Conference with a 70-66 to victory. That was your top 25 action last night. The ACC got a little weird. Uh, a little weird in that Syracuse goes on the road and beats NC State. NC State fans are now clamoring for the demise of Kevin Keats. They are, they are ready to be done with this. It's over. This team's not going to make the NCAA tournament. The middle of this conference just sucks. Like all these teams are the same. Like Syracuse is not good. NC State's not good. BC's not good. Florida State's not good. Pitt's not good. Like all these teams are just the, the same version of mediocrity. And the fact that we're sitting there below all these teams again is wildly depressing. Uh, Boston College does lose on the road to Florida State, and then Wake Forest. They do this thing once every two weeks where they just kick the ever-leaving like bleep out of somebody. Just absolutely decimate somebody, and they did it last night to Pittsburgh. Ninety-one uh, to sixty-eight was the final. I know what a fifty-eight, I should say, was the final. They, I, I saw the stat. There have been like, I think, seven thirty-point wins in conference games this season in the ACC, and Wake Forest has four of them. Like when they get going, they just they beat the crap out of teams. They beat Georgia Tech eighty to fifty-one a couple weeks ago. Uh, Syracuse, they beat them 99 to 70. They hammered us 90 to 65 when they made a billion threes. Like they are wake forest. I, I put this in writing with like two weeks ago. Cause I wanted to be able to pat myself on the back. If it happens, this team screams that first four team in Dayton that winds up winning a game in the main draw, which happens every year. It's only been one year since they've had the first four where neither of the two at-large teams has come out and then won their next game, that 11-6 game or that 12-5 game, depending on the seed. Wake Forest just reeks of being that team this year. They shoot the ball well. Uh, Forbes is a good coach. You know how I feel about Steve Forbes if you listen to the show for a while. They've got some good talent that's been brought over. They now have some continuity within the program. If they get in, and I think they will end up getting in, they will do some damage. Now, they they have a big chance this weekend. They need a second quad uh, one victory. They've only got one of those right now. They'll host Duke on Saturday and look the ACC doesn't have many opportunities for big time wins it's basically UNC and Duke at this point so you have to take advantage but Wake Forest kind of solidifying itself as I think that fourth team that uh, maybe that fifth team that has a chance to get into the NCAA tournament Virginia sliding a little bit Clemson's still right there but um, their conference resume is not as good as their non-conference resume Wake is currently in fourth in the standings alone by themselves could get that double by. we'll see what happens there but that was uh, th- th- that was college basketball last night fellas we got a basketball game to talk about tonight, and I mean, I, I can feel the enthusiasm jumping all, out of the room from both you guys. One, scale of 1 to 10, Roman, h- how excited are you tonight to watch last place Louisville versus second to last place Notre Dame? Uh, I'm looking at 6 out of 10, I'd say. it's <laughs> Solid 6. It's, it's a solid 6, though. That's all that matters.
0: Yeah.
2: Trey, where are you? Uh, about there. I mean, it's always fun to have the chance to beat Notre Dame. But are you going to watch the game, is the I question? I might go. You, you might go to the game. I might game. go. I'm thinking about it, yeah. I That's might how go.
1: enthusiastic you are yeah, right
2: now. I'm, I'm just, I'm chomping at the bit to get to this game. Amazing.
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I wish I could say this reminded me of the Louisville-Notre Dame games of old, where, you know, we're constantly playing double overtime, triple overtime, quadruple overtime, one time, five overtimes, and... Both teams are ranked in the top twenty-five. There's conference championship game uh, you know, implications. There's NCAA tournament seeding implications. It's just not not the case anymore. I think one program will get there relatively quickly because I think Shrewsbury is a very good coach. Uh, the other is us, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. We will talk uh, a little bit more about that. We are. I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention the fact that we are in like Disney preparation just. Overload right now. My wife is on edge. She's trying to, to to wrap up her work for the week while also getting us all organized, getting the kids' stuff ready. And you don't realize how much stuff you have to take. Only yeah. you know. It's, we're not going for a full week or anything. We, we fly out uh, tomorrow. We fly back on Tuesday. Like it's a relatively short trip, and you still like got to have the stroller down there. You got to have the stuff for the kids to sleep in. You got to have the sound machines. Got to have this. Like it's just the amount of crap that you have to bring everywhere during anything with with kids that are this small i wildly undervalued it uh, you know i'm thinking you know we, we'll take you know, kids quick quick uh, weekend trip why not just throw them in the car they're good to go bring some snacks clothes whatever we're gonna go no you realize how high maintenance kids are and how much they demand and until you start packing you don't realize like jesus like this is uh <laughs> this is an insane amount of stuff to bring anywhere for four to five days but it's especially like you know when you leave the room for to go to like one of the parks at disney like you're not coming back anytime soon like you, you it's like leaving your apartment in new york like you don't you're not leaving unless you're going to go out for a long period of time you don't want to just come back to the room so uh, it's uh, we're, we're we're working our way up to it john's still feeling a little bit iffy it's making me a little bit nervous with, with, with that but we've never flown with the kids that's a little bit nerve-wracking neither one of them have ever flown neither one of them have ever flown mm-hmm. um i haven't flown in a while I, I was just thinking about that earlier i think the last time i flew was a for a bachelor party in colorado um and I think it was, like, right before COVID happened. So, like, I have not flown in, like, yeah, it's been a long time since I've flown, which I'm not overly excited about. Flying is not the, the the most fun thing in the world, but especially with two small, small children. Now, when's the last time, have you been to Disney World, Trey? Yeah, I've been to Disney World once. How long has it been? Uh,
2: I think we were nine. I was okay. nine, Pat was eight. No, we were younger than that. I think maybe, like, six, maybe, something like that. So it's been a while. So you are kind of in the sweet spot, though, like yeah, that, it was that, fun. that Disney age. Yeah, I remember it. It was fun, yeah. And but obviously, me and Patrick are so close in age that spending that much time together. It, it obviously there was some
1: a little fighting. Yeah, always not the happiest place on earth for always, you guys. Yeah,
2: I mean it was fun obviously, but there's definitely some stuff that goes on with that having two kids that are that close in age.
1: Roman, have you been to Disney World? I have not. Ooh, I've, I've kind You've,
3: of always wanted to go. You yeah. don't know why I haven't been. I mean, plus my dad's from Jacksonville, Florida.
1: Like we used to go twice a year. Still well, never. If you let me know like Disney. a month ago, we could have gotten you on the the, the, the plan. We could have yeah. worked you into the room. Could have been a great time. Could have, could have. thrown you in there. Um, I, I mean, the only thing that I so when you guys went, you were you old enough to do like the big like the cool rides. Mm-hmm. So you yes. guys did like Splash Mountain, yeah. like Tower of Terror, and all that yep, stuff. Yep, yep, yep. See, so the thing about going this time because like that was my favorite thing when I when I went. I think I was ten. I think I was in mm-hmm. fourth grade. It was spring break, and it was the only time I've ever been. And like those rides were like, like Space Mountain and yeah. all this. So, and like our kids are too young for that. Yeah. So they're, I think going to primarily be like, they want to see the characters and stuff. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, which, which is cool for them. It's yeah. awesome for them. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, I want to get on a ride. Right. You know, I yeah. kind of want to, you know, the, the teacups. Come on, get out of my face <laughs> with this. Um, you know, Give me on the slinky dog roller coaster. Let's make something happen. And we've kind of, we've watched the videos to try to plan out what we want to do and show the kids like what, and every time there's something semi like kind of cool, like Virginia's like, I don't want to do that. I'm like i know He's uh, like haunted mansion i'm like i'm like it's just kind of you know it's not even a, a scary ride i'm like there's kind of like so you kind of want to do it I'm like come on give me haunted mansion at least I don't, i'm not even asking for tower of terror tower of terror is a really good ride Tower of terror was the best yeah, i enjoyed that although ride. the the picture of you know, they they open up you like, you see the entire yeah. kingdom yeah and they it's when they snap the picture yeah, not very flattering i was terrified no, the, yeah. the picture it was me and then we went with like a family friends and it's me and like my buddy, and we both look horrified, and our dads are looking at us, just laughing their asses off in the picture. It's like the most cruel parent yeah. thing of all time. But that was, you know, looking back on it, it was very cool. Splash Mountain, I think, was my favorite, but Tower of Terror was was very very cool.
2: Which one's the one that goes backwards? Like, is that the?
1: Is like a roller coaster that goes up, like the, and then it goes backwards. Was that Space Mountain? Maybe. There's there's a couple of those that are like, yeah. There's one that's inverted, and I can't remember which which one's which. I feel like we did it all back then. But you know, this time it's more about you know we're doing the Chef Mickey's breakfast and we're meeting the characters here and we're doing the 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 Bippity Boppity Boutique, which is you know the girls can go in there. Yeah, and and then basically we'll just like let John run around and see what if he can find something cool and just hope that he's happy. But uh, I have I've planned my outfits for this weekend. Interesting. I'm leaning hard into Disney Dad. Like like (laughs) I, I went with the obnoxious like movie shirts. Like, so much so that I will I'm yeah. basically just trying to embarrass my wife. Yeah. Like, all over print Aladdin shirt. Little Mermaid, like, movie poster print T-shirt. Awesome. Um, Elsa, like, cold never bothered me anyway T-shirt. And, like, they, they finally arrived. My wife's like, you're not wearing this. I'm like, try to stop me. Yeah. I'm, we're going to Disney gonna World. I'm going to be the ultimate Disney dad. I'm excited about this. Um, I'm, I'm embarrassed to wear Louisville stuff sometimes yeah. now. I'm, I'm just joking. I'll wear some Louisville stuff. But but maybe. Maybe if they win tonight. We'll yeah. see what then happens. We can do yeah. But I am, a, yeah, the, I mean, I'm at that point, like, before the trip where it's a mixture of just you're excited about it. Like, I can't wait to see that, you know, every time we talk about it with the kids, like, John doesn't really know what's going on. But Virginia is very, very excited about it. And seeing it look on her face is is awesome. So I'm excited to see her face when we get there and we get to start doing some stuff. But also, you are a little bit like, just, oh, get this. Thing. I just want to get there. Like, the whole yeah, process right. of leaving the house Dude, tomorrow, yeah. like, yeah. two, and then going through the airport and flying for two hours with them, and then getting to the hotel and getting situated and all that stuff is just it's daunting it's annoying it's uh, you have the pre the pre-vacation jitterbugs and i'm just ready to kind of get past this and get there and hopefully make it a happy trip if you've gone to disney and you've got tips for young kids hit us up on the thornton sex line today at 502-414-1450 because we could we could use a it doesn't help either i mean part of the reason why mary's always she's She's been pushing this for a while. She like wants to go, and she's like, "I don't want to go in the summer. It's too hot. It's, it's the most crowded time, and all this stuff." And I've always been like, "I can't like This is the busiest time of the year for me work wise. I can't just like take off a random four days." And then this year, with Louisville being so bad, and again, I thought I would do freelance stuff for the NCAA tournament. I didn't realize I was going to be doing it right now, which is thrown a, a wrench in some plans. But I was like, "Okay, whatever. Like, we'll we'll do it this week. There's a week off between games. We can go for four days. I can make that work. Let's just let's do it." And Apparently, the last two days have been like the busiest in the history of Disney World. Really? Like they have those like Disney Plus passes or whatever that you can buy to like skip some li- use the Lightning Lanes and all this, stuff. and they sold out for the first time ever yesterday. I'm like, what? I'm like, well, then what is the point of us even going yeah. now? We could yeah. we could have gotten these same crowds in June if we or May or April. I've got like a five month window where I can go wherever we want. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's just say I'm I'm kind of a little bit frustrated with that, but at least it won't be as hot. I think the weather looks like it's going to be like mid 70s, so not. Not cool enough to wear long-sleeve stuff, but, uh, but 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 also not just ungodly hot, which I'm excited about. My dad just texted me. He wants me to tell his Disney story that I forgot about.
2: But, okay. Okay, so uh, we had just ordered a pizza to the room. It was me and Patrick, and uh, Patrick had ordered his pizza. I had just gotten out of the shower, but I forgot what he had done, but he, he just made me mad. So I decided to fart on his pizza, <laughs> and... My dad saw that, did not like it at all. He was very upset. And then he ended up, I can't remember if I was in my underwear and a towel, but they literally threw me out of the room and like wouldn't let me back in until he was (laughs) eating his pizza. So it was a pretty traumatic experience for me. Literally got thrown out of the room at like eight years old. They wouldn't let me back in because I farted on his
1: pizza. So he caught you mid-fart. Caught me mid-fart, yeah. And then threw you out of the room. But he probably deserved it. I mean. Well, I mean, I think it sounds like you both deserved it. Yeah, you're right. Crime, we did. The the punishment fit the crime there. The classic thrown out of the room in uh, in Wonderland. underwear at yep. a, at the age of eight nine. <laughs> it's just it's just good wholesome parenting. Yeah, exactly. That's why Dugan's the best. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We uh, we'll have some periodic updates throughout the course of today's show from uh, from Jim Patterson Stadium uh, again. Louisville baseball getting its home season off to a, a hopefully good start. They've got Carson Liggett on the mound today, a veteran. Um, Game is underway. We don't have a score update, though, but we will hopefully have a, a, a score update for you. Drew Ellis is back in town throughout the first pitch today. Former Cardinal great. If you remember that super regional series that we played against Kentucky, I mean, Drew Ellis just absolutely owned them. I think he had like, like 19 RBI and like three home runs in those two combined games. He was an absolute beast. Um, just dominated UK. Uh, before we get into the, the talk of the game, we'll do this after the next segment. Have you guys seen the, the, the Johnny Manziel interview? That's going around today. No, Roman, have you seen any of this? Is it a new one? It's a new one. He did the. He, he has a sit down with. When did Shannon Sharp become like the like oh the definitive gosh. interviewer of our time? By the way, as soon
3: as he got that show.
1: My God, oh, I mean, Lord. this guy's just he's, he's getting dudes to just Everybody. sit down and talk for like five straight hours about the, the the craziest stuff. I don't know how he's doing this, but Shannon Sharp got Johnny Manziel uh, on the show that aired today. I don't know when they actually recorded it, but he sits there and he he spills the beans about a a variety of things for like three hours uh he talks about how he was so depressed after he got let go by the browns that lebron was texting him every single week to to come over and watch a game or play poker with him and the boys and he like wouldn't do it because he was like so depressed like too depressed to go hang out with lebron and play cards with him and, and and see him he also talked about how his dad had a secret meeting with kevin sumlin where Kevin Sumlin said that he, that the family would get three million dollars under the table if Manziel stayed for two more years, because of course he left after his uh, his redshirt sophomore year. That's the least surprising thing that that I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, he talked about. Brian Hoyer being a complete ass to him when he was in the quarterback room in Cleveland, which Brian Hoyer just catching ridiculous strays during this interview is, <laughs> v- is very funny. That is funny. Uh, and then he talked about how he, he felt bad for skip Bayless, who's skip Bayless had said, had made the statement about how Johnny Manziel is going to be bigger than LeBron and all this stuff. And he feels like he let skip down. I'm like, don't, don't apologize to skip Bayless for that. Like that's, you can let skip just hang out there with his bad take. But, uh, but Johnny Manziel continues to be a, a fascinating character that, that, that Netflix documentary that came out—I guess it was last summer—which I thought was pretty interesting. I think the the weird thing about him is it seems like he's still in a place where he's not overly apologetic about certain things. Like you, you got the sense that he he was frustrated with the way that things played out. He he recognized what went wrong. I'm talking about in that documentary because I haven't watched this full interview, but he still was just kind of like I'm I'm still doing the same stuff. Like I'm still, I'm drinking with the boys. I'm partying a lot. I'm I'm kind of I'm just living my life. And, uh, you know, th- there wasn't a real sense that he wanted to change his ways. The same things that got him in problem, in, in trouble when he was in college and, and a professional athlete. He's like, I'm still going to, I'm working it out. I'm still kind of getting nowhere. But he's, he's a fascinating figure for sure. And the Shannon Sharp interview today is, it's all that I'm seeing on Twitter right now.
3: I'll have to take a look at that.
1: It's trending everywhere. Brian Hoyer, apparently a huge ass. Not a good, not a good guy. Not a nice guy. <laughs> Uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, we can dive into this Louisville-Notre Dame game tonight. We'll talk about some specifics. What scares you about the Notre Dame game? What doesn't scare you about the Notre Dame game? Does it even matter? We'll talk about it after the break. It's the Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. We, oui, we, oui, chocolate crossover.
3: Yeah, we, oui, chocolate crossover. See me, Coco, i like and i, like I might go? go Pop. Now, it's about time that I cleared this. So, pardon me, miss. But I like
0: We'll treat you cold they know you sleep around. We never disrespect
1: you and I'm never welcome you back in Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford show 1450 96 one the big X getting you ready for a basketball game tonight at the KfCM Center cars returning home after a unsuccessful mini road trip hosting Notre Dame tonight at seven o'clock ESPNU has the TV coverage. we got Tom Crane on the call tonight folks. Uh, everyone always excited when you see Tommy Crean calling a Louisville game. We've had Josh Pastner twice and Tom Crean now, my dream duo uh, of coaches that I've made fun of for the bulk of my quote-unquote professional career now calling Louisville games. Can't wait for it. Should be a lot of time. Get, get, get a selfie with Tom Crean. Send it into the Thornton Stacks line. We'll hook you up with some gift. I don't know. We'll find something lying around here. We'll, we'll send you a donut hole, maybe a cup of coffee. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Uh, we mentioned in the last segment about the we were recapping last night in college basketball. I saw that that Danny Hurley now has just tweeted out a, a video of himself uh, doing the 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 Cersei walk of shame from Game of Thrones, where she's walking down uh, the street and everyone's chanting shame, shame, shame. And he has just videoed his face on her as he walks down, and people throw stuff at him, and everyone says shame. And he just said, "See you Saturday." It's well done. It's a well done tweet. There was video that came out after last night's game of them walking off the the court in Omaha. The Creighton fans stormed after they won the game. And Creighton fans are, are yelling sweet nothings at him. And it looks like Hurley looks at a Creighton fan who says something to him and just says straight up, I will knock you out. So that made its rounds today. I don't know if he's going to be reprimanded for that. But the Big East remains the most entertaining league in all of college basketball. And I don't think it's very close. They, it's just, they, 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 they hate each other. They hate sustains the entire conference. It's wonderful. We love it. I miss it every single day. Uh, we got Trey Ryan from Clickers here. We got Roman producing the hell out of the show. It's going to be a fantastic last two and a half hours. We want to hear from you as well on the Thornton text line at 502-414-1450. Fellas, yesterday I was asking for help with the, uh, the, the story I was penning today for SB Nation about uh, the eight teams that can win it all in college basketball. And we kind of workshopped it and we got down to the, the nitty-gritty. The last couple I think were a little bit tough. Here's what I ended up going with. So it's out there You can read it. Go to SBNation.com if you want to. If you don't, that's fine, too. But these are, again, not power ranking, who I think are the eight best teams in college basketball right now, but merely trying to come up with a group of eight that encompasses the team that in seven weeks will cut down the Nets in Phoenix and win the national title. I went with UConn. Don't be deterred by last night. I think still very much the best team in college basketball. They check every box. Every team's going to have a little bit of a slip-up at this point in the season. It's very rare. They've only lost three games. Um, we lost five when we were the number one overall seed and won the national title. It happens. Uh, stuff just just goes wrong. I think it's crazy too that we've gotten to this point where every single year, at this point, like we just forget what happens every other previous year in college basketball. And people are like, "There's no dominant team in college basketball. Anybody can beat anybody." I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of it's sort of the way the sport works now." Um, and I, I still think you've got some great teams out there. I think you've got. Uh, two or three teams that have separated themselves from the pack. I still think it's Purdue, UConn, and and, and kind of everybody else right now with Houston and Arizona being right there. doesn't mean that it's like this crazy parody, anybody can beat anybody type deal, but it's what we say every single year. Uh, Purdue, they're on the list. Shake your head. Doubt if you want to. I get it. The last three years, they've lost to a 13 seed, a, four, a 15 seed, and a 16 seed. That's embarrassing. It's terrible. But they've got the dominant force in, in the sport. They've got young guys that were not ready for the spotlight last year who've gotten better, and they brought in Lance Jones, who I think is the the type of athletic guard they just did not have in that game against Fairleigh Dickinson when Fairleigh Dickinson was like, hey, we're going to put four guys on Zach Eady and dare anybody else to make a shot, and nobody could. Um, I think Purdue's good. I'm not saying I'm, I'm picking them the Northern National title, but I think that they're, like again, they'll get a good draw because they're going to be a number one seed. If they avoid having to play a weird matchup they could definitely make a run to the final him. not saying it's going to happen but it could Houston got to have them on the list they uh we we talked about the Iowa State game on Monday on yesterday's show they've got a a superstar in Jamal Shedd LJ Cryer is very good as well but Shedd's the guy when things are going poorly he steps up and he can just get you a bucket you got to have one of those guys if you're going to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament I, I firmly believe star power carries teams in March and They've got a star in Jamal Shedd who's probably going to be a first or second team All-American. They also played the best team defense of any team in the country. And the big knock on Houston the last four or five years when Samson's been putting up these gaudy records and all this stuff is, well, they don't, they're not battle-tested. They play in the American Athletic Conference. There's two or three other good teams in that league, if that, in any given year. Well, they've made the move to the Big 12, and they've done so pretty seamlessly. They're 10-3 and three in the Big 12. They lead the conference right now. They are number one in virtually every metric that's out there that tracks college basketball. They've got a a, a defense that's second to none. They, they've they got a coach who knows how to get it done. Like There's there's not a lot to really doubt this Houston team for. Um, again, I'm not saying that they they should be your national title pick or anything, but I'm saying they are a worthy third number one seed right now. Arizona's got to be on the list too. So I'm, I'm, I'm tackling the top four are all the presumed number one seeds at this moment in time. They've been here before. They were a one-seed in Lloyd's first season, a two-seed in Lloyd's second season. Sweet 16 loss in year one. Shocker to Princeton in round one last season. So there is some concern about their ability to play deep in the NCAA tournament. But he went out and got guys that have done that. Caleb Love is their leading scorer. Played for a national title at North Carolina a couple seasons ago. I Went out and got Keisha Johnson from San Diego State. Played in the national title game a year ago. So you've got this nice mix of Guys that have been in that program for a couple of years, like Colin Boswell, uh, uh, Pell Larson, a couple other guys, and then you add in these these transfers that now have this NCAA tournament success in their track record, and it feels like it's a pretty solid group. Now, the the issue, I think, with Arizona is Caleb Love can be your Kemba Walker this year, top-tier Kemba candidate, but he also is erratic enough to get you beat in the first or the second round. That's a little bit dangerous, but I like this Arizona team. Five, I've got Tennessee. Another team that you look at and you're like, well, just like Purdue, you roll your eyes and say, they'll choke in the NCAA tournament. Never get it done. Rick Barnes is 1-12 in 12 against better-seeded teams in the tournament at Tennessee. It's atrocious. It's terrible. Tennessee famously has never played in a Final Four. Probably the best program to never make a Final Four. There are still, I think, three reasons to buy into Tennessee more now than like 12 months ago. One is they're still incredible defensively. Last year, they were historically good on defense. They just had nobody who could score. This year, they're the second-best defensive team in college basketball behind only Houston, and they're pretty damn good. Their numbers are pretty close to where they were a year ago. Two, last year, they lost to Kai Ziegler, the the starting point guard, tore his ACL right before the calendar flipped from February to March. Their offense was never the same again. He's back. He's playing the best basketball of his career. He's very good. You can't underestimate the value of... Or the hit that losing your starting point guard takes. And he he makes them go. And then third, they've got Dalton Connect, and they didn't have him a year ago. He's the most impactful transfer in college basketball. He's the best pure scorer in college basketball. He's, I mean, think about this. He's played 26 games as a Tennessee volunteer. He's ninth in program history in all-time 30 point games, and he's fifth in program history in all-time 35 point games. The dude, he gets buckets. Like he just gets buckets. And they did not have that guy last year. You add him into the fold with that defense and with Ziegler healthy, I think they're a legitimate Final Four threat. Six is where it gets difficult for me. Six is where I think you start having the the teams that you can debate a little bit. I got North Carolina. They've been very inconsistent these last three weeks. They've alternated wins and losses the last three weeks. Uh, But they've, like, they're one of those teams, this sounds really stupid. But, like, Roman, tell me if this makes sense to you you can kind of picture them winning the national title. Like I, I, I can see an image in my mind of, like, R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott and, and Hubert Davis, like, on the stage I, watching yeah. one shining moment. Baycott's mom
3: with her chain
1: on. Yes, all of that. Like, you can – I feel like you have to be able to visualize, envision them actually winning the national title for them to be a realistic national title contender. There's no metric that tracks that.
3: They're kind of set up to be a good tournament team as well. Yeah. So,
1: I can see it. I mean, I I think we learned two years ago, like championship pedigree is a thing in March, and, and Carolina's got those types of dudes. RJ Davis is probably going to be the conference player of the year. Armando Bacot has been getting double doubles in March since he was playing with with Ed Cota and and, and Dante Calabria. He's you know he's he's thirty eight years old. Uh, Cormac Ryan, I think also he, he's shot the ball not as well this year as he has historically when he was at Notre Dame. But he can be your Brady Manning. You can sit him in the corner. He can make threes. He he, he can play that role. Elliot Cadeau is a sensational, sometimes erratic freshman playing the point guard. But he doesn't have to carry the load for you. He can have a couple of great stints. They brought in Harrison Ingram. He's a really, really good player from Stanford and been really solid for them. I like Carolina still big picture-wise. I think they can get better. And I think R.J. Davis, we talked about the the Kemba Walker quality. He's got that too. He can carry you for, for three weeks in March. There's no question about it. Seven, we talked about this. I I, kind of overlooked this team yesterday, and they've got to be on the list. Kansas has to be on the list. There's a very Kansas City chiefy vibe with this team where it's like the metrics don't like them. They've clearly underachieved from from where they were going into the season as the number one overall team in, in most people's rankings. But there's this overwhelming sense to me that they're, they're kind of just biding their time until they get to the games that matter the most. And I don't think that's a healthy mentality. I think a lot of times when teams do this, it winds up biting them in the ass. But every now and then, there are teams like the Chiefs that are just good enough to turn it on when the the lights are the brightest and, and get the job done. And, and Kansas, they've still got through everything. They've got two McDonald uh, two first-team All-American candidates in, in McCuller and Dickinson. They're very good. Uh, they've got Bill Self, who's in most people's minds... The best coach in college basketball right now, I'm I'm not saying they're like it wouldn't shock me if they got beat in the second round and we all look at them and like man, they just never really bought in. Something just didn't click offensively. They thought they were better than they were. Dickinson's maybe a locker room cancer like that wouldn't shock. me. But it also wouldn't shock me if they went to the Final Four and won the national title. Like they just they've got a national title caliber roster. They're at a program that's used to winning national championships and they've got a coach who's who's won multiple national titles. So. I think you you have to have Kansas on a list like this. And then the 8th spot. And this was the biggest debated spot. I looked at Alabama, who I think I initially had yesterday. Looked at Auburn. Metrics love them. Marquette. Human polls love them. Won dual Big East championships last year. Illinois. Star and Terrence Shannon. A lot of talent. Iowa State. Gertie defense. Great coach. Creighton. Just blew out UConn. Kentucky, a lot of talent scores a lot of points. Ultimately, I went with none of them. I hate myself for doing this, but I couldn't have the list, this list, without Duke. I, I I hate it. They like Kansas have been a disappointment relative to their their lofty preseason rankings. They've got some weird losses out there, and they've gotten like like no real signature performance that you can point to and say this is why I think they're going to win the national title. Like they haven't blown out anybody really good. They haven't, um, I mean, you know, they haven't really even really beaten anybody really good. They beat Michigan state. Who's you know, whatever bad loss to, to Iowa last night. Uh, they beat Baylor. Who's good on a neutral floor, but like they don't, they haven't beaten another top tier contender or they haven't just like whacked somebody good. And you know, when Carolina played them a couple weeks ago, like Carolina looked like the better team from pretty much start to finish. All of that said, They've got a matchup nightmare and a bona fide star in Kyle Filipowski. They've got a veteran point guard who two years ago kind of put the team on his back and carried them to a final four in Jeremy Roach. He can be that good. And they got a bunch of young talent, uh, a bunch of young guys who on any given night can step up and you can say like, I'm not shocked that Jerry McCain carried the team to a victory. I'm not shocked that uh, Tyrese Proctor carried the team to a victory. They've got a bunch of those dudes where they can step up and become March heroes. So, I feel like you can see this being one of those years where Duke, like, you know, 2015, 2010, even 2001. Like, a a lot of times when Duke has won national titles in the quote-unquote modern era, they haven't been the best team in the country. They've been, like, eh, maybe, like, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth best team. And then a couple other of these juggernauts get knocked off, and they kind of swoop in there and reap the benefits. I mean, I, I think that if... I think if Wisconsin doesn't beat Kentucky in 2015, that UK team beats Duke in the finals. I think in 2010, Duke was absolutely not the best team, and they just kind of, a couple other teams got knocked off, and they were able to swoop in there and uh, sweep up the, the scraps. And I think this year could be one of those seasons. If somebody else can take care of UConn and Purdue, I can see Duke just kind of being that like high two seed. Maybe they, they can play their way up to a low one seed, and they win, and everyone's like, eh, the Duke team was just okay. But... They won the national title. I, they, I can also see them getting hot and going on a run here. They haven't lost in a while. They haven't lost since that game against Carolina. Uh, I feel like this is their time to get hot. They always tend to play well in the conference tournament. Wouldn't be shocked if they won that. Like They're going to be right there when all said and done. The question is, I don't know if John Shire's got the March goods. But Duke, for right now, I got him on the list. How much do you all hate me for, for doing that? A lot. Sorry. A lot. I, I mean...
3: I don't. I kind of. Agree. Thank you. Bro. I mean, you're not wrong. Is it
2: just sucks that it's Duke? Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, but, like I can't disagree with anything you said. They're a good team this
1: year.
0: Like... Well,
1: I appreciate the the understanding, but also the disappointment at the same time. It's my favorite combination of emotions. I appreciate it. Uh, we got to. We've got Louisville basketball to look forward to, if that's what, the way you want to look at it. Tonight at seven o'clock inside the KFCM Center. I mentioned this earlier. But ESPNU has the TV coverage. Anish Shroff, who I feel like has called 95% of our games so far this season, uh, is the play-by-play man, and then Tom Crean and all of his glorious weirdness will be on the uh, the, the analyst duties. Uh, Louisville's a two and a half point favorite now. When as I look at it, there's one one book that has Louisville as just a one point favorite. Everyone else has it at one and a half, two, or two and a half. So um, see, I guess find the best line you can if you want to bet it. I don't know how you can bet this game not knowing what the deal was with Sky Clark or or Tyler Johnson. Because to me, it's relatively simple. Like, As bad as Notre Dame is, I don't think we can beat them without a point guard.
2: No, absolutely not.
1: I think we can beat them with at least one of those guys. I, I, I think if Sky plays, or if Tyler plays, and certainly if both of them play, you've got a very good chance to win this game. But if they're both out, I, I mean, I don't know how you can watch the performance we gave against Pitt over the weekend and say, yeah, I think we'll We'll go against one of the better defensive teams in the country without a point guard and be just fine. I, I just don't think that that's the case. Now, this Notre Dame team—they're a pretty straightforward read if we're talking about like what to expect tonight. They are awful offensively. Awful. They play at a, a <clears throat> excuse me. They play at a very slow pace. Michael Shrewsbury wants to kind of he plays this this um, uh, five out delay zoom offense where he you know, they're walking in across the court everybody starts outside the three-point line they get this action where they want to get uh, guys rolling to the basket and also shooters coming off of screens and it takes a lot of time to get into their offense. and that's sort of by design they are 339th in the country in adjusted uh, tempo so they play at a glacial pace barely faster than virginia but part of that is out of necessity he doesn't have any offensive weapon. He's got one offensive weapon really on this team. And it shows. I mean, for as bad as we were last year, let's look at like our numbers last year. Again, historically bad. Maybe the the worst power conference team of all time. We were still, we were 251st in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. That's terrible, 251st. Notre Dame right now is is worse than we were. Notre Dame is 297th. So they are a worse offensive team than we were a year ago. It's bad. They've got a a very, very limited cast of characters. To Shrewsbury's credit, he was able to sign, we mentioned this yesterday, actually, Indiana's Mr. Basketball from last year, Marcus Burton. He also brought in his son, who I think was probably less difficult to sign, uh, Braden Shrewsbury, I would hope so. They're your two leading scorers on this team. They're both freshmen. And Burton, Burton is very good. Like Burton is a bona fide versioning college superstar. He averages sixteen point nine points per game. He's their leader in assists at four point two per game. He, despite being a freshman and running kind of an intricate offense, he seems to know where everybody's supposed to go. He's the one who makes the offense flow. Uh, he's he's the real deal. I I can see why the other big Indiana schools were a little bit upset, or some of the fans of the Indiana schools were a little bit upset that he wound up going to Notre Dame. Having said that, There's not enough around him for him to really, I think, flourish and kind of showcase his full potential because you know, he's he's scoring option one, two, and three on most possessions. Now, Shrewsbury, coach's son, Braden, freshman guard, he is the guy that I think you look at tonight and say if a dude who's been a kind of okay scorer this entire season is gonna go off, like he's the one you circle. He's going to take a decent amount of threes. He has played better for them on the road this year than he has at home. He but, could easily light us up tonight. He's the guy that I think you look at, yeah, and you, and you say, oh, of course, like, that guy has seven threes. And it's like, well, we, we we let him have seven threes. Like, he's he takes a bunch. We love leaving shooters open. And we will, I think, leave him open for the, the bulk of tonight's game. So, especially if we don't have those guards healthy. Braden Shrewsbury, I put a circle around him. Like, you can let burden. Burton will score a ton because we always let the team's best player score a ton. Like He'll probably score 20 tonight. But is, if Braden Shrewsbury also goes off and gets like 24, that's when you're screwed. They have they don't have another big-time scorer behind those two guys. They've got a bunch of cast of characters of guys who are just like, eh, okay. Included in that mix is Tay Davis, uh, Dre Davis' little brother, who was once committed to us. He's, he's a fine player, 8.2 points per game, 5.2 rebounds per game. His game is a is a little bit, it's a little bit like Dre's. He's a little bit taller than Dre, so he does not play that undersized power forward position. He's 6'9", uh, 208. He's not quite as bulky uh, as Dre was, but he's kind of come along as the season has come along. Played really well in their last game, which was a win over Georgia Tech last Wednesday. Seventeen points, six rebounds in that game. They're playing him more and more minutes. They trust him more as the season goes along. So you'll see a ton uh, of Tay Davis tonight, and the rest of the lineup is just a bunch of young guys. Like they just they, they've got a Carry Booth is a, is a freshman that they think a lot highly of, but he's not ready to, to produce a ton right now. They're just not, they don't have the offensive talent to compete in a conference like the ACC. And you look at this roster and you say, it's another one of those games where you're like, at every position besides maybe point guard, we get guys hurt and they've got Burton, you feel like we've got the better player. We have the more talented player. Huntley Hatfield should feast tonight. He should. I I like Tay Davis's game. I wish he'd come here. I think the, the, the Booth kid's going to be a good player for them. Hunley Hatfield is light years ahead of both of them in terms of development right now. And if we just have one of those games where we just refuse to acknowledge his presence on offense, we're, we're going to get burned. Now, as bad as they are offensively, they're a fantastic defense. And... It's a testament to their coaching staff because you don't have to have elite weapons to be an elite defensive team. And this team is the biggest example of that. They're 38th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. They do everything pretty well on defense. They 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 force you to use a ton of time on the clock. They do play that kind of like that Virginia style where they want you to like they're not trying to kill you with uh, with turnovers. They don't force a ton of turnovers. They want you to use a ton of time on the clock, take a bad outside shot, and they just clean up the defensive glass. Like, that's their entire game. They want very few possessions. They want very few second chances, and they're going to try to just kill you by running you off the three point line. Now, I think they may, they'll they'll be more willing to let us shoot from the outside than most teams because we're not a very good outside shooting team. But Shrewsbury he game plans as well as just about anybody in college basketball. He's a really, really good coach. There's a reason why Penn state uh, had its best run of success that they pretty much ever had these last four years. Like they'll come up with a game plan specifically targeted to us. I, I don't think we'll do the same for them, but they will make us earn everything that we get on offense. And if we have one of those games where we just can't get anything going on offense, we're bad enough defensively to make them look like a competent offensive team. So like, this is not just a slam dunk, we've got more talent than they are, we should win this game. We, we should, but my God, if we give the same type of just lackadaisical, no idea what we're doing on defense effort and give them a bunch of easy garbage points around the basket because we're just not paying attention, Like you can't afford to give up cheap points in a game like this because we're not going to be able to run on them and put up points the way that, that uh, we have on most other ACC teams. Um they haven't allowed more than 73 points in a game since Marquette scored 78 against them in early December. That's, I mean, they're a unreal defensive team. And it's a testament to their coach and, and the, the young kids that have bought in. So, like, I want to say that we should win this game because we have much, much better players than they do. But it's not that much of a guarantee. I mean, they, you also... Like They've gotten better as the season's gone on. They're riding a two-game winning streak. They beat Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech in back-to-back games. Not exactly anything to really thump your chest over, but they've won two games in a row. We've had our asses handed to us now two games in a row. I know we've been shorthanded, but still. Now, they've not been a very good team away from home, which you might expect for a 9-16 team. Only one win on the road in a true road game. It was over Georgia Tech back on January 9th in overtime. They also have a neutral court win in overtime uh, against Oklahoma State back on November seventeenth. So, lots of reasons to believe that you should win this game. I mean, I'll say it all right. you should win this game tonight. I don't. I'm not overly optimistic that they're going to. Uh, you all, after hearing this, Roman, confidence level tonight. What are you thinking?
3: I, I, I mean, I think we get the job done. I think it, could, like you said, it could get. There's a couple reasons it could get bad which are the re- same reasons it can get bad it can get bad against any team we play sure um you know if you let them if you let a single specific player get hot early he's going to continue to shoot all night and for some reason we don't ever adjust um and yeah if we don't <laughs> let our big man who is the more dominant presence on both ends of the floor you know kind of dictate things then that's just gonna force our guards to have to do something and that's that we don't have the guards out there to do that tonight so it could get ugly but i still think that we're the better roster and i think that at home um you know their defense will not be as tight as it's been when they're at home so i think we can get the job done but like you said we could very very well get smoked if it if it gets ugly early trey confidence level uh not i mean i think we'll
2: get the job done like you guys said um uh we're obviously more talented than these guys but i mean which, like depends on guard play depends on how involved Huntley Hatfield is um and like you guys said if they could, we have they have one guy that gets hot it could get ugly so,
3: I'm, I'm hovering around a seven out of ten six out of ten seven okay out of 10. Yeah, right there with him. all right
1: I mean my like I, my entire thing is if one of the point guards plays I think I'll pick us to win yeah if neither of them play I think I'll pick us to lose I, I think it's kind of that straightforward now the 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 buzz and who knows what if, if the buzz is right these days, the buzz has been that Tyler's going to play tonight. We don't have any sort of official word, but that's kind of been what people have been saying, which would make sense. You know, post-concussion symptoms. Yeah, if those are gone away for I think three or four days, you're typically going to be good to go. Um, Sky Clark, I, I still don't know. U of has been very mum with all the Sky Clark talk. I mean, all that we've heard from from all parties concerned has been that he's going to come back at some point. I mean, he said that himself. Um, you had somebody close to him come out after the, the news broke and say that he'll be back by, you know, for the ACC tournament, basically. And then UofL comes out when they finally have to acknowledge that this has happened, he has a broken rib. They say All, all they said was that he was, uh, he was questionable for the Boston College game. That all, like, reading the tea leaves there leads me to believe that he's still at least a week away from, from having a chance of being able to play in games. So I don't think Sky's going to play. I do think Tyler Johnson will play tonight. And I think that'll be the day. in watching him go head to head with Marcus Burton, two undersized kids. Uh, Burton's five eleven. Tyler is shorter. I think I don't know, regardless of what he's listed at. That's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited to watch that matchup tonight. But I, th- I think that as long as we have somebody who can initiate the offense and who can get things going and who can every now and then make a dynamic play against their 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 defense, I think we should win. And if you don't win tonight, I think the question starts being asked: like, are you gonna win again? Are you going to finish dead last again? Cuz this is the most winnable game left on the schedule. Not that there aren't winnable games left, but you go to Duke after this, you you're not winning there. Then you go three straight games at home to end the regular season. Syracuse, who's beatable for sure, but is playing they they've kind of they've been playing better since uh since that game against you. They they had a nice win over NC State on the road last night. Virginia Tech, who lost to this Notre Dame team and then turned right around and beat Virginia by 34. Who knows what you're going to get there. And then Boston College, a team that you feel like, hey, maybe we can beat them at home, but who ran away from you in the second half in your other meeting. So if you lose this one, I think it takes a big hit to the psyche and you start running the risk of of thinking, have we witnessed the last Kenny Payne victory at Louisville? I don't know. We'll hear from you after the break. We want you to light us up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. It's your show. All topics are welcome. We'll get to you after the break here on 145961. Big guys. Welcome back in. Hour number two here of the Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 96-1, The Big X Quick update from Jim Patterson Stadium It's not a good one. Louisville Baseball looking to bounce back from a rough start last weekend, taking on Xavier in its home opener. They trail the Musketeers 3 to nothing in the middle of the third. Cars do have a runner on third base threatening to, to get on the scoreboard here, but uh, 0-3 guys I don't know if you, you know this deeply analytical stat. 0-3 would be bad not good. Would not be good. Zero wins, three losses. Not not a great way to start. Hopefully, we can battle back here. I think you can hear the all the action over there on our sister station nine seventy WGTK right now. Uh, but but keep it locked right here. You can flip back and forth during commercials. Hear the dulcet tones of Sean Moth, and then come back on to hear Mike Rutherford, uh, Trey and Roman. Well, we got you covered for the next couple of hours. Did you guys see before we get to the Thornton Sachs line the the Quinn Slizinski press conference last night after West Virginia's game? No, did not. I so. Didn't. So Quinn is one of three players being interviewed by the press after that. I think they, they played, I think, I think they won last night, but he's being asked if he saw the, the Rick Pitino press conference that made so many headlines over the weekend where Patino is essentially throwing his entire team under the bus and talking about how much like, everybody sucks on the team. And you know, the, the facilities here are, are awful and all this stuff. And it, it's been the most unenjoyable experience of my entire life. And you know, Quinn played for him a couple of years at Iona. He originally was set to go with Patino to St. John's and then uh, they ended up landing another kid. And Patino was basically like, why don't you go somewhere else and play bigger minutes there. And he went to West Virginia. He's having a great year, but he was saying he's like that. Actually that press conference, was one of the nicest that I've ever heard. Patino. He, he was like, he's like, he says some stuff that you like in the moment, like you can't believe that he's saying and then from the outside, you're like, all right, that's actually pretty funny. He's like, but it's just who he is. Like, he, he just hates to lose. And a reporter finally presses him and is like, well, what's something that he said to you that stands out? And you could tell right away, Quinsley, he's very hesitant. He's like, "He's like, I don't want to get in trouble by saying this. He's, he's like, he's like, he, he puts throws out the precursor several times where he's like, I, I like Coach Patino. Like, I didn't take this personally. It's just kind of who he is. But he said that uh, after one of their practices, he, Patino once told Slosinski that he was going to, I believe the exact quote was, chop him up into nine pieces and then send him back to Detroit or Florida or wherever the bleep you're from. <laughs> and and uh, as you might guess, people have had a reaction to that. It's not shocking to hear, to hear that uh, from knowing what you've heard from some other players and what they've said about their experiences with Rick Patino. I mean, the Patino stories from practice are, are legendary um i, I mean I, I went to a couple and even then like when when you know he's holding back because there are other people there that could like write this and things that you don't want to get out He still is very, he's very like Ryan. man made a three at one point and he was like yeah just do that ryan instead of turning it over every bleep in possession like you usually do like he's always he has a little god microphone he's walking around he's you know he's got the speaker going it's just a, it's a crazy thing. But hearing Slisinski tell that story and then seeing the way his teammates' eyes like lit up when he told them what, what Patino had said was also very funny. So uh, props to Queen. He's having a good year down there in a rough situation at West Virginia. Hopefully he can finish his college career out on a strong note. Always bringing the strong note is you guys only Thornton's sex line, 502-414-1450. Thornton's the best deals for you all 2024 long. If you want to take advantage, you have to be a refreshing rewards program member. If you want to become a Refreshing Rewards program member, it's very easy to do. Go to your app store, search Thornton's. You'll download that bad boy in no time, and you'll be saving money at the pump or inside any one of this area's 65,922 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. Do all that stuff, and then text us at 502-414-1450. All right, text line. Let's go. Texture says, first text is about Trey. Oh, goodness. Can you make sure Trey enunciates and speaks clearly into the mic today? Kind of mumbles a bit and trails off. Can be difficult to follow at times. And maybe your brother.
2: I'm sorry. I'll work on it.
1: (laughs) Texas says, since we're on the outside looking in when it comes to March Madness, we need a coaching search bracket. The winner gets the job. We kind of have that going with the coaching search candidate today. I think we're up to like 30. So we could turn that into a bracket. Speaking of, we'll let Roman pick the number today. Let's do it. Roman, give me a number uh, 1 through 115.
3: One through one
1: fifteen. Any number. Seventy three. Seventy three. Okay. Uh, actually, <laughs> this, it's a repeat. We're not going with Ross Hodge from North Texas again, <laughs> as much as we want to. We just had Ross Hodge, uh, but that he's the he's the third coach now to be picked twice. If a coach gets picked th- uh, three times, then we have to make them our, our candidate. Uh, give me another number. One through uh, one uh, one fifty one with uh, seventy three out. 151 or 115? 151. We're up into now. Um,
3: 113.
1: Okay. All right. This is uh, okay. Um, proud program. They played Kentucky much tougher than we did today, or this year, I should say. St. Joe's, uh, you know, great basketball heritage. It's been over 20 years. Or I guess This is the 20-year anniversary of their undefeated team, which lost in the Atlantic 10 tournament, made the Elite Eight. Shout out to Jameer Nelson. Billy Lang is their coach right now. He's in his fifth year at St. Joseph's. Came over after doing some great work at Navy in the Patriot League. Goes to St. Joe's. St. Joe's was was abysmal when he took over that program. Six wins in 2020, five wins in 2021. Now he's got them, you know, they had a sixteen win season last year. They're on pace to have their first winning season in, I believe, like eight years. Sixteen and ten right now. Six and seven in a whatever, Atlantic 10. Sliding a little bit at the time, but maybe this this guy just needs a bigger challenge. Maybe he just wants to get out of the the Northeast, move down, you know, take his his Phil Martelli show on the road and go to a place like you know he's on the list. I don't I don't need to justify it anymore. Billy Lang is on the list. There's palpable buzz that Josh Hurd and Billy Lang have some mutual interest there. So there he is. That's our our coaching search candidate of the day. He's on Billy Lang, done. <laughs> Texler says, do you need me to cover uh, for you while you're at Disney? I'll come in and run the show. That's Chris the Plumber. Chris the Plumber has offered his hand to come in and run the show. I think we'd have him. Let's do it. The show's about it. to get way more political. <laughs> Texas, says, whose side are you on in the Pat McAfee versus Stephen A. and Bill Simmons feud? It appears that both guys are jealous and threaten that McAfee is the number one guy uh, at ESPN. I did not know there was this feud. Uh, Bill Simmons took a jab at Pat McAfee's ratings. I mean, come on. Ratings, ratings jabs—the lowest form of uh, of sports media feuding. I didn't realize Stephen A. didn't like Pat McAfee. I knew Bill. Sim- I mean, Bill Simmons hates everyone at ESPN now because he's not at ESPN anymore. But Stephen A. I didn't realize that he and Pat McAfee had a had a beef. Who cares? I mean, I like. I'm not crazy about any of those three guys, but I don't hate any of them either. I think sometimes Stephen A does really, really good stuff. I think sometimes he becomes kind of a character where he just wants to scream and do the – and, like, that's kind of annoying. But it's what gets eyeballs at ESPN. Bill Simmons is kind of a D-bag a lot of times now, but I can't just gloss over the fact that he was sort of the first real sports blogger back in the day. He did things at ESPN on page two that nobody else was doing at the time. And and when I was, like, in late high school, college, it was – very entertaining and very eye-opening and i think he kind of he opened the door for a lot of people like me to start doing the the sports media sports blogging stuff in like 06 07, that time period and then pat mcafee I, I i think a lot of time he's entertaining i think sometimes he's over the top and annoying so I, I kind of have mixed feelings on all three of those guys maybe they just all need to fight and whoever wins i'll i'll throw my support behind <laughs> that's what we're gonna do Texter says the backwards ride is Expedition Everest at Animal Kingdom. Yes, that is what it is. Okay. I don't know if we're going to go to Animal Kingdom. No? I don't know. I mean, it's just not like the, you know, the, the kids are just kind of more about the characters. Yeah, I'm sure There's not a lot there at Animal Kingdom for us to do. I think we're going to do two days at uh, Magic Kingdom, uh, one day at uh, Universal Studios, and then one day somewhere else. And that'll be it. Isn't it Epcot? Maybe Epcot. Yeah, Epcot. I, liked Epcot. Yeah, I liked Epcot a lot. when
2: I. Yeah, like I, I like that one too, yeah.
1: Dexter says, uh, if Roman's going to be producing more, we need to have some questions answered. One, can you eat three pounds of grapes in one sitting? Interesting.
3: Uh, that's funny. <laughs> I actually have an issue when like, I get my hands on a bag of those cold green grapes. I will devour the whole bag. I don't know if that's three pounds. Okay.
1: Maybe. Aren't they one-pound bags? Uh, well, That was the thing. Trevor once ate uh, three pounds of, of grapes in a, in a, in a sitting. Oh, wow. In the middle middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah, That's ridiculous. His mom bought like 12 pounds of grapes one time and he ate ate, like three pounds of grapes and then acted like it was normal. Yeah. That's, yeah. (laughs) Trevor activities. Uh, Roman, do you, how often do you watch three movies with nothing in common in one single night? Not three.
3: I can do back to back sometimes.
1: No correlation. Nobody else can. Don't worry about it. Uh, what was your ACT score? I got a 26. (laughs) Hey. There we go. Better than a 14. That was, that was, we made our, uh, Trevor, who's producing the show, uh, famously took the ACT as a 43 year old man uh, last year and, and got a 14. It was great. Um, and then says, When a random thought enters your head, will you interrupt whoever's talking to tell them about it? I feel like that's a trick question almost. Um, <laughs> maybe,
3: we welcome it on the show. Maybe one day, you know, when I if I feel like my random thought is truly trumping the uh, topic at hand, then maybe. Well, see, now
1: you're overthinking it. Great answer. That's, yeah. <laughs> now you're overthinking it. Great answers, though. He's there. Texted if KP was fired while Mike was at Disney, it would, would it would be the show going full circle with Mike doing the KP Mickey's voice bit for the whole summer. I don't even want to think about this. It's 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 already, it's already just terrifying me. This this possibility that's out there. I don't think, I don't think there's any chance of it happening just based on there being no scuttle about it. But it still terrifies me. But yeah, I famously, when we were like on the verge of hiring Kenny Payne, I had a spiel on the show where. I realized, like, we've, we've never heard Kenny Payne talk. Like, you couldn't find any videos of him doing interviews. And so I was like, what if he just got up there, opening press conference, and was like, hello, everybody! Let's go Cards! And like, he has, like, a Mickey Mouse voice, and we're like, oh, my God. Like, I, I, I kind of feel worse about the decision now. We, we've never heard this man talk before. And it would be kind of a full circle moment if he got fired while we were uh, while we were doing Disney. I don't think that's going to happen. If it does, I'll, I will legit cry. I sure. will cry the entire plane ride. Surely the fan will let you call in. They will. I mean, They'll have to. I, I will do the show while I'm walking around Magic Kingdom. I will, <laughs> I, I, I will definitely do something. This has been an event like two years in the making. I can't just, uh, just not have the voice come in. Texas says, Disney doesn't have many thrill rides, so you're not missing as much as far as that goes. Probably best to just keep an easy pace so the kids don't get too tired too often. They'll love it. There's so much to do that you can't do everything. Just try to plan on keeping the kids and adults as comfortable as possible. Feet hurting, hungry, and or thirsty will cause some inevitable breakdowns. Take pictures of the kids crying or throwing tantrums. They'll make you laugh later. Oh, there'll be tantrums. I mean, John has been... John's dealing with some constipation issues that's already got him on tilt. He's, he's struggling. Virginia's good for... I mean, she'll be overwhelmed by like how much she loves it, but she still will. When she melts down, she melts pretty hard. She'll, she'll be mad. She'll, she might like throw something at Mitty at some point. She might just try to attack a character she can go off the handle. So we're fully banking on it. We know it'll happen at some point. We're just going to try to minimize those. Texas says, Moneybags Mike, Jiminy Cricket, I feel bad for your bank account hearing you talk about this Disney trip. Showbiz pays, I guess. By the way, the ride that goes backward is Mount Everest. Good ride. I mean, Disney's not is not cheap for sure. But thankfully, Mrs. CC is making the big bucks. She's, <laughs> she's, she's floating the family. She's got us covered. But uh, I'm always amazed, too, at the amount of people that, like, Go down to Disney World like ten times a year. That's crazy. I don't know how they do it. Like I, I mean, respect it, but like it's insanely expensive. And like they, like there are people like I know that like yeah hey, we go down there four or five times a year. I'm like how, how does how do you make this work? I know what you do. Come on, Texas says love the show. Petition to make Stutes, uh, Scoots uh, co-host. His life fascinates me for some reason. Secondly, I would love to hear the Waffle House story on the next pod with Dan. I cannot tell that waffle out story on the next podcast with Danny. I sorry, I can't do it. And we love Scoots. But Scoots also works like 17 shows around here. So Scoots needs a little bit of a breather from time to time. I would love to just have I, I would love to just like make one of these offices Scoots's room. He and Gil can move in here together. Just live here. Why not? I feel like he kind of does sometimes, but I think I don't I don't think he really wants that. Texas says in twenty thirteen I attended a fantasy basketball camp at Indiana Coach Crean was our squad's coach. I, along with my fellow campers, were stunned at how poor of a game coach he was during our timeouts and in-game adjustments. He lost all of our support that weekend, just an FYI. Wow, Crean lost the the campers at a fantasy basketball camp in Indiana. That's that's a tough look. Look, Tom Crean was very... Can I tell... Have I told this before? I I, I assume most people know this story at this point. Tom Crean was very nearly our our head coach in 2017-18 when Rick Pitino got fired that fall, like there was, there was at least one, I can't say that there were more, but I know that there was at least one very prominent Louisville booster who like was in the bag for Tom Crean to be the, the coach. And at that point in time, you know, you're dealing with interim AD, you're, you're trying to figure out how you're going to do this. And the word got back to the team that Crean was going to come in and coach them for the season and that's when they basically staged that mutiny, where they were like, like I think it was Honest Mahmood and maybe Ray Spaulding and somebody else who re, Quentin Snyder, who represented the team and went to the AD's office and, and basically said, if we don't have David Paget coaching this team, like we're not playing. Yeah. And that's what it came down to. And that was that was ultimately what forced the the administration's hand and, and forced them to bring to make David Paget the AD. I mean the, the head coach. He promoted Logan Ballman from ops director to, uh, to to assistant. Then he was able to go out there and get Trent Johnson and Greg Paulus to form the staff. But we were very, very close to having Tom Crean on the Louisville sideline, and it would have been funny, I guess. But it would have been like like I think Crean believed he could parlay that one good year if he could make it because it was a good roster into being the permanent head coach, and that would have been. Well, I say it would have been disaster. Maybe it would have wound up being a blessing in disguise. But uh, like, I, I could see a, t- a guy like Tom Crane who knows just enough of what he's doing could have taken that team with with Dang Adele and Quentin Snyder and Race Balding and some like really like legitimately gr- really good college basketball players and gone to the NCAA tournament comfortably as like a, a five six seven seed. I could have seen that happening, and then try to say like, "Hey, like, look at what I did in a in a terrible situation." I deserve to be the permanent head coach, and thankfully that uh, that didn't happen. I still say thankfully because Crane's too weird. Crean's too weird to be the head coach here. I'm sorry. If you're listening to this, Tom, while you're in town, I'm sorry. You're too weird to be our coach. Texas says, if UVO doesn't do something, I think we lose baseball coach Dan after this year. I hope not. I, I mean, it does... If we'll, let's just say we're entertaining the hypothetical, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't. I think eventually they're going to be fine. By the way, the game is four to one Xavier right now in the top of the fourth. I think they're still going to be fine this year, but the evidence is kind of piling up now. And if they do have another year where it's like they don't even flirt with the NCAA tournament, they're one of the worst teams in the ACC. It's no longer this just off offshoot like outlier couple of seasons where you're like, you know. You gotta look at what he's done. He's been incredibly consistent. Like it becomes a trend at that point. If you miss the NCAA tournament three years and four seasons, the outlier becomes the one year where you did make it. And you overachieved and you 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 played AM in the super regionals and all that. I still don't think you can like fire Dan McDonald after that. The guy is Louisville baseball. What he's done here, even with three bad seasons in four years, if it does wind up coming to fruition is nothing short of miraculous. I mean, I mean he inherited a program. We, look, if, if you're listening to this and you're like my age or older, you knew very little about Louisville baseball until 2007. We had been to the NCAA tournament one time before Dan McDonald arrived in, in 07. Had won a total of zero games in the NCAA tournament. Went 0-2 the one year we went. He goes to the College World Series in, in, in year one. And from that point forward, like every single year, not only are we in the NCAA tournament, we're hosting regionals damn near every year. We're hosting super regionals a bunch of times. We're going to College World Series five times. Like, it's just, you're not supposed to be able to have that level of success at a program like Louisville, which does not play in a warm weather climate for 12 months out of the year, which does not have a history of success. At that time, we also were not affiliated with a good baseball conference. The Big East was woeful. And then he makes the jump from the Big East where we're kind of like, we're like John Calipari's Memphis Tigers in Conference USA during those years when we're in the Big East for baseball. And we make the jump to, at the time, the best conference in all of college baseball in the ACC. And not only do we continue the, the, the momentum of being a good program, like we dominate the ACC. We won a, a division championship in six of our first seven years in this conference. And now, while the trend that's happening right now seems to be troubling, I don't think that it's like the amount of goodwill and the amount of positive accomplishments that McDonald has on his resume is so extreme that I think it has to override at least a temporary run of futility. And like, if this happens for like two or three more years, then yeah, you have to make a move. But I think at this point, like you McDonald's built up enough goodwill that you have to at least give him the benefit of the doubt and let him try and work himself out of this hole. If this is indeed where we find ourselves, but if he doesn't, Hey, my guy, Skylar Mead, doing a great job coaching at Troy. I'm biased. I'm, I'm, he's a buddy, but he knows what he's doing. He's a, very much a rising star in the world of college baseball, and I know he would love to come here. He's also a very frustrated Louisville basketball fan as well, so we can we, we could commiserate about that. But I would love to have him here in some capacity. Texas says, I got a dumb live parlay because of Missouri's last second three last night. You got to love it. Um, You do got to love it. That spread got a little bit out of hand. It looked like for a while there that uh, it was going to be a late cover by Tennessee. Congrats on the, the the dumb late three. Boom. Texas, I'm going to the game tonight and super excited, even if it's terrible. Troll Pub for the win. I've never been before, and I will update you. If they still have, we used to do shows at the Troll Pub, their pretzel burger was very good with beer cheese. Yes. If they still have that, enjoy yourself. That should be good. Texture says KP can lock in a year three tonight in his post-game presser if he just says the Shrewsbury's taste like Shrewsbury's. It's <laughs> a good touch. The person's been waiting two months to say that. That's well done. That is. I might support it. Like, I, there are a few things that may cause me to like turn on, on my KP take. If he did say that, I might, I might do it. I still think the funniest thing that he possibly could have done is the game after Tyler Johnson... Uh, had the you know, he played the entire game because sky was out he had the, the 27 points and 11 assists and the stat line that no Louisville player had ever done if he had started zan over tyler the very next game i think it would have been the funniest possible thing that he could have done i stand by it like it was you know just go full hey people are being mean to me people are being mean to my son like I- i'm out of here anyway i'm gonna make a ton of money middle fingers up like this is what you get i think like, I, it, would, it would have been so hilarious that I would have almost had to have respected it. And I've been like, you know what? Give this guy a third year. His, his comedic timing is off the charts. Texas, this L baseball team is not fundamentally sound and has no juice. I'm worried that the game has passed McDonald and company by. A bunch of mid-major and D2 transfers was never going to magically right the ship. The lack of, and I haven't watched, I don't, I don't think either of the first two games were available on streaming. But it does sound like from people who went down there to Tampa. I know, you know McGavick was down there, Shamoth was down there. It felt like there was a noticeable lack of juice in the the Cardinal dugout, and that's concerning because you got a chip on your shoulder. You you are not ranked in the top 25 preseason. You're not you you're picked to finish I think sixth in the Atlantic Division. All the stuff that we're not used to with UFL baseball, and you come out and you don't have this. Initial urge to start proving everybody wrong right from the first pitch—that's uh, it's it's a red flag for sure. So I don't know. It's still early. A lot of baseball we played. I mean, we could do the reverse of what we did last year. You know, last year we go to the Shriner's Classic, we dominate some of the best teams in college baseball. We're ranked number three, and we're sitting here saying it's it's national title or bust. It's Omaha or bust. Like there's this is a squad, and they start ACC playoff okay. And then, as the season goes on, they just they can't win a series. They can, they you know they're getting swept by bad teams, and they don't even qualify for the conference tournament. It was a reverse thing. Maybe we start this season off slow, and then we build slowly, and we we get back. But too many of these bad losses to just whatever non conference opponents is 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 gonna it's gonna doom the resume a little bit Texas, we if we lose tonight, and KP isn't gone tomorrow, he's for sure lasting until the end of the season. Well, yeah, I mean, I I mean. It was, speaking of comedic timing, it would be sort of funny if, if he got fired like right before the conference tournament. It's like, <laughs> why, did, why did he wait this long? Uh, we've been talking about this, all these gaps, all these different times to fire him. I mean, it would still be weird if you fired him now. If you waited till you know you had the, the two weeks off before the, the calendar flipped, you've had a couple of gaps in conference play, you've had some embarrassing losses in conference play. If you just fired him like in late February before the last four games of the regular season, that would also just feel feel strange. I think also the there's nobody on the staff that they feel comfortable handing the reins to, is why I also don't think that it's going to happen. I think that Danny I mean, I think Danny Manning has been like if it comes down to it, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be interim coach again. I don't and then, you know, Nolan is 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 Nolan. Uh Josh Jameson, what are you really doing here? Like there's really nobody that you can kind of pass the baton to at this point, which is why they were going to go with an interim staff uh, if they had chose to make a move. So, And it's too late for that. Imagine bringing, I, I do like the idea of having a breaking case of emergency class just around David Padgett at all times, where it's like when anything's going bad with Louisville basketball, David Padgett just comes sprinting in like the ultimate warrior to sit on the sidelines and just take over for the program. Like he's just, he's always there. He's ready to go. Four games left. Boom. Done. I'm in conference tournament. Let's go. Let's roll. I'll make a play. Let's take a break. When we come back, more from you guys uh, on the Thornton Stacks line, 502-414-1450. More updates from Jim Patterson Stadium as well as we get you ready for tonight's game against Notre Dame here on the Big X. Back in Wednesday edition, of Mike Rutherford show fourteen fifty ninety six one the Big X. We've got uh, updated odds for next year's Super Bowl. How about this? New favorite. The initial favorite to come out was the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like it's always the reigning Super Bowl champion. But according to the latest odds from RotoWire, San Francisco 49ers. current favorite right now five to one or five and a half to one. Chiefs the second choice at six and a half to one. Ravens at 9 to 1 are the third choice, the Bills are 12 to 1 and then your 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 mighty lions of Detroit are 13 to 1 as the fifth choice there. Bengals right behind them at 15 to 1. Getting healthy Joe Burrow paramount importance. 49ers Super Bowl favorites. How do we feel about this? I feel like putting our faith do we not just learn our lesson with Brock Purdy? Is he is he is he elite enough to win a Super Bowl? I don't know, folks. People are saying other things. <laughs> It feels strange. Roman, thoughts? I think he's elite enough to get back. No. Get back, but to win it. Depends on who's the other side. I don't mm. know. When you look
3: at the conference, I mean, I just think that he'll continue. If he does make it, he'll always have a, you know, it's going to be a Lamar, a Burrow, an Allen, or
1: a Mahomes. So Well, it's the Lions League now, so it's, it's, <laughs> the, it, it's the Lions <laughs> NFC now. We're, we're good to go. This is Goff's conference now. It is. It's Goff's world. Nobody else. Uh, we're excited about football coming back at some point in time. We were excited about it. God college football. The more that I, I see, I don't know if you all have seen these pro football focus. They're doing these like the highest graded prospects in the transfer portal at every position. Every single time they put one out there, it seems like there's a Louisville player on that list. Right. Like it's very clear that like the U of L staff did its due diligence when they were evaluating. The guys they were going to bring in like today you had the highest rated uh transfer cornerbacks and Corey thornton's on the list he's number 10 uh, he's he's tied for ninth with the 76.2 evaluation you had everyone's talking about thor griffith the garage kid is there at like number four on defensive line transfers like it's just every single position it seems like they've got some guy coming out here and then I saw the uh, on the latest uh, Yahoo Sports College Football podcast, they were talking about could who's going to be this year's Michael Penix and could it be Tyler Shuck at Louisville. And I was like, you know what? Yes, you can talk me into that. Tyler Shuck is going to be Michael Penix this year. All he needs is a fully healthy season. Seeing just all, all this stuff, like all, all this talk, and then looking at the defense and, and some of the guys that we brought in, it just has me chomping at the bit to get to September. It's going to be a very, very long offseason. But you know what will help with that? Spring practice. You know what will help with that? Hopefully bringing in a new coach and for the men's college basketball team who can bring in a bunch of new players and we can talk ourselves into his style and all this stuff. Like I, I still think this has the potential with everything going on right now to be a really exciting summer. We get to lose the repetitiveness of the the coaching conversations that we've had on the radio show for the last, God, I mean, it's been a year and a half, but it feels like it's been 15 years. We get to lose that for a little bit, just let, like, bask in the, the glow of a new uh, coach. All the excitement that comes with that, all the talk of the new Raw. I mean, even when Kenny Payne first got here two years ago, like there were things happening, and I was someone who had extreme doubts about hiring Payne. And there were things happening right off the bat that you were like, "Eh, I don't know about this. But even then, we were excited to find out about who was, you know, like when Sidney Curry came back, it was a big deal. We were thrilled about it. When LLS came back, it was a big deal. We were thrilled about it. When we were talking about landing Amani Bates, there was excitement there. like Just the idea of what the roster was going to look like and who it was going to be compromised of, like, that's fun. It's great summer talk, and I think we're going to have that this year. And then on top of it, we're going to have a ton of excitement about the upcoming L football season. The Cards are probably going to be ranked in most preseason top 25s. They're probably going to be talked about as a team that can compete for an ACC title again this year. And look, if you compete for an ACC title this year, that trip's going to be for a trip to the College World Playoff. To win that game. So, I stand by my notion that if we just get through, power through these few weeks, better days are ahead. We're winning that ACC title. I like that uh, I like that call, Roman. It's ours. February 21st, Roman calls it. Cards, ACC champions. Write it down, folks. Let's go ahead and bet that now. Take okay. it to the message boards. Let's do it. Bring it to the message boards. Uh, Rutherford Show producer guarantees conference championship. I'm good for it. I mean, I think this is going to be, I still think when we look back at 2024, and if I'm wrong about this, I'm wrong. When we look back at 2024 as Louisville fans, we're going to say it was a fun year. It was a good year. Men's basketball is in a better place. Women's basketball's got it rolling. Hopefully baseball can get out of this rut that they're in. And if not, maybe some exciting things can happen there. And then I think we'll have a lot of excitement still surrounding the football program. I think it's going to be a fun, fun year. Just got to get through this. Do whatever you got to do. Don't watch the games, watch the games, go to Disney World. I don't know, whatever you have to do to make it through this three week stretch or four week stretch. We've been patient and we've deserved it. We do. I mean, God. I, mean, I feel like I've been saying that for a long time too, but it's just, it's so true. We, if if any fan base. I, I like there's the slow burn that like a, a fan base like Indiana's had, where you're just you, you keep getting yourself hyped up over the fact that we're going to get back and then it just doesn't happen. But you're never you don't hit like a just disaster and all is lost moment. And ours has been such a extreme like, precipitous fall from Grace that I think it's it's almost worse. Like it's some fans of of, of teams that have never won or, or haven't won a lot in a long, long time Will talk to me and be like, hey, you know, yeah. It's hard for me to feel that sorry for you guys. You you still want a national title, like ten years ago, eleven years ago, and I'm like, it feels like that was thirty five years ago at this point. Yeah. Just when you've gone through, because it's not just the losing, it's the you know, dealing with the NCAA, having a really good team have a tournament taken away, thinking that like you're going to be okay, and then just like boom, a- another scandal comes out of nowhere. Another thing happens that disrupts the Chris Mack era. Constantly feeling shaky
3: about, yeah, like going to say, constantly feeling shaky about the coach. Like it's
1: it's it's just you've never had we've just we've ever since the the fall of twenty fifteen essentially when the first day of the Katina Powell stuff broke. It's never felt like we've been on stable ground, and we've had a few moments here and there. Like like we we talked about it a decent amount the. You know, Chris Mack's first year going to the NCAA tournament when you weren't expected to like that was a nice, nice little run. We enjoyed that four month, five month stretch. Um, the tournament that was canceled by COVID that was a good team. It was a it was a team that was going to be a top four seed. But by and large, they're just it's never been sustained, and it's always felt like you know, even even then we're waiting for the next shoe to drop. We're waiting for whatever the NCAA punishment's going to be. We're talking about we're going to get a postseason ban. We're going to get two postseason bans. You know, Pat Forty's out there writing death penalty stories. Like it's always, we, just, we haven't been able to exist normally as Louisville basketball fans in a decade. And hopefully, with no NCAA stuff anymore, with no real outside distraction of any sort, if you hire the right coach in four weeks, five weeks, whenever it winds up happening, it should be, should, 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 be the first time in almost, you know, ten years that we get this opportunity to just kind of like exist as local basketball fans, talk about players, talk about schedules, talk about games, talk about can they make the NCAA tournament? What seed are they going to be? Like that should allow us to have that just luxury. And my God, it, it's been so long since we've just been in that boat. And I'm hoping that that's going to be the next page that's turned. That's the question. That. I have a question for you, Mike. Hit me.
3: What is coach aside no, no name. Doesn't matter who it is. What's the best case scenario for the Louisville basketball program next year? Make the
1: NCAA tournament. Really? I think, I think it's possible. I think that it's. I mean, are you shocked that I'm not going higher? Or no, no, you that's that's that's, that's, the that's a little
3: bit higher than I was thinking. You'd go.
1: I think that it's. I mean, I'm not going to just take it out of the realm of possibility. I'm not saying that that's my expectation. Like, I'm not going to say that if we hire somebody and they don't go to the NCAA tournament in year one after this absolute cluster of a a three-year run, that I'm going to be wanting to run them out of town or that I'm even going to be disappointed. I'm just saying I think it's possible. I think when you look across the landscape of college basketball right now, the amount of quick turnarounds that are happening are not staggering, but you you see them at programs that have less of a built-in advantage than we do. You, I mean, I'll make the same example I've, I've made a number of times now. When you look at Iowa State, four years ago, they won two games. They went two and 22, two games the entire season. Steve Prohm was the wrong guy, terrible fit, did great things at Murray State, terrible at Iowa State. They fire him, they hire the right guy. T.J. Osselberger comes in, hits a couple of big guys in the transfer portal, is a coach who knows what he's doing, has a system that works with that program. They went to the Sweet 16 in his first year after a two-win season, and it wasn't a fluke. They were a sixth seed last year. They're poised to be a top uh, top three seed this year. Kansas State with Drum Tang last year it takes over a program that was picked to finish last in the Big 12. It finished last in the Big 12 the two years before. Is a three seed that goes to the Elite Eight. Now, sustaining that is a different topic, but I think that if you find the right guy who gets the right talent, who knows what he's doing, like you should be able to to be competitive enough to at least be in that conversation right away. And the ACC's down. Uh, maybe it bounces back significantly next year, but it seems more likely than not that it's going to look more like this season than it will, you know, the ACC of ten years ago. So you should be a, there. Shouldn't be that steep of a learning curve. Like, I, I think the right coach can have you in the NCAA tournament next year. I really and truly do. Um, but again, you don't think our recruitment takes a hit? Well, I mean, what recruitment? Like, we're, uh, we're not, that's, we're what, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that.
3: I mean, more. You need. Yeah you know, a good coach is obviously the most important thing but getting those players too you know do you think we
1: have a roster I think there are two keys regardless of coach I think there there are two keys regardless of who the coach is even if it's Kenny Payne there there are two keys to success for next year it's player retention from this year's team bringing back the guys that have have at times showed like the ability to be really good high level college players And then the transfer portal. Because you don't have, they're not bringing in anybody from next year's class. They've got TJ Robinson committed still. Um, Maybe he winds up signing. Maybe he doesn't. He's, and and I like TJ Robinson's game. I really do. do. I do too. He's, but he's a, you know, he's a bottom like 150 prospect. He's like down there in like the 123 range. He's not probably an initial difference maker. And there's nobody else out there that you're going to bring in unless you've got a situation like with Dennis Evans last year where a coach. Uh, Gets fired and and they become available and they decommit. And I think we had it with uh, Devin Ree a couple years ago as well. You saw how well that worked out. Like, you're not going to have, there's not going to be a difference maker that comes in as a true freshman next year. But if you bring back Tyler, if you bring back, let's say, BHH, if you're able to make that happen, uh, Curtis Williams, Caleb Glenn maybe i mean mike james i know is really loyal to to kenny Payne i think sky clark is as well trey white is probably just looking for the next bag i think he's going to be a free agent maybe you can get him back i I would like to have trey white back if you can bring back four or five of the kids that are at the center of this year's team and then jj trainer i think will probably come back regardless of who the coach is and then you bring in five or six transfer portal players of consequence the right coach it's still a, a tall task for sure and it's why my expectation wouldn't necessarily be NCAA tournament, but I think the right coach could get them into the NCAA tournament next year. And I just want to—I mean, I—I I just want them to be realistically competitive. Like a, yeah, we go to Atlantis next year for a loaded field. I mean, Maui two years ago was such a kick in the junk because it's—it's it's Maui. It's the, you know this is the preeminent Feast Week tournament. And we know going in, we're just going to get our asses handed to us. And the Maui people were pissed that we were there and that we were that bad. We were an embarrassment. We scored 39 points against Texas Tech. And it felt like such a wasted opportunity. We were in a, a mini tournament this year with a reigning national champs. And that, that felt like a wasted opportunity. I, I, I want to go to Atlantis thinking, we could win a game. We could win. We could win maybe two games if, with, with the right draw here, the right couple of breaks. Like, I don't want to go there just thinking, yeah, it's going to be zero and three. Let's get this over with. Like, there, the, the lack of excitement from start to finish the last couple of years has been so bad. Like, I, I want to just go in with hope that we can have a team that's uh, you're capable of winning eighteen, nineteen, twenty, maybe plus games next year. And I think that that's possible.
3: Yeah, that'd be that'd be ideal. I'm thinking like you know. I was in the realm of 14-15 would be best case scenario almost regardless of the coach if you didn't, unless you got some big names in the transfer portal. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I can agree with that. And you may wind up, wind up being right. Like I, I think a lot of it depends on who what the roster looks like. I mean, we didn't know what Kenny Payne was going to be able to get with his roster, and it turned out he really didn't get anybody. And that was the first time where I was like, year one's not going to go well. Now, I didn't think it was going to go four win bad, but I thought it was going to be, I, I thought it was going to look more like this year. Where it's like, yeah, they're, they're probably going to win 11, 12 games, but if they compete and the system looks like it works and the guys are playing harder, then that could set the stage for something better, and then we'll get better players in here. So we, you just you don't know how this summer's going to go. Shrewsbury is, is a good example of that too. I think Mike Shrewsbury is a great coach. He comes in, they're not able to get anybody at Notre Dame. That like they, the, the the portal was a, a lot of swings and misses. They couldn't get guys. They kept um, you know they were able to get you know Burton. They were able to get his son. They were able to get some other freshmen. And they just kind of had to scrounge together a roster. And you'd think that a place like Louisville, you'd have a better chance of avoiding that. But there's no guarantee. And if we hire a good coach, but still we just swing and miss in the portal for whatever reason, then, yeah, I'll, I'll look at it and I'll, I'll see for what it is and be like, this it sucks. But, like, we're probably going to win 10, 11, 12, 13 games next year. But I think, we, you know, if you make the right moves initially, which is why, getting things going quickly is is of such paramount importance. You can't afford to wait till April 1st with a, no. with the portal opening opening up on March 17th. You got to get this thing going right away because if if you want to hit the ground running you got to hit the ground running in the portal. No question about it. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We will take some more text from you guys. Texas uh, Texas says do you all say uh, data or data? If you say data you're wrong. I don't even know <laughs> they say it the same way so I'm not sure which one they <laughs> I feel like it's one of those words that I say both ways. I feel like sometimes I say data and sometimes I say data, but I think I lean towards data. Am I wrong? I say data. What do you say, Roman?
3: I say data. Oh come on, Rome. I mean, I, I don't know. I it's feel like Star Trek and him. I feel like data is like one of those words that, like, if I had to read out loud in high school in a science book, I'd maybe say. But
1: yeah, I, I, it's also one of those words that, like, I can't. I don't even like consciously recognize which one I say. Like, I'm looking at it on paper. Yeah. I'm like, do I say? Data or do I say data? I feel like I say data.
3: How often does one really say it?
1: Well, you surprised on the show. It, it, it is weird. Like how many times I find myself. It especially happens with rec- recruits' names, but sometimes it just happens with normal words. I'm reading it on the text line, and I'm like, oh yeah, I've read that word a billion times. I don't know if I've ever heard it. Like a lot of times with players' name, like the the, the Isaac Sowell's kid or Souls kid from mail yesterday. I've read his name a billion times. When we've been recruiting him. I'm not sure I've ever heard it. And so you go to say it, and you're like, I'm not sure that I'm saying this right. I've never thought about this. I think well, the way that I hear it in my mind is correct, but I'm not sure.
3: That's happened to me on the podcast a
1: couple times. It's bad. It, 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 it's a bad look. And then, like, you you hear it that night, and you're like, oh, I chose poorly. <laughs> I chose the wrong one. Dexter says, what's the Do we have a, a baseball update, by the way? Oh, I can look at their Twitter. Yeah, list. Trey, you're the, you're the baseball update guy. I got you. Baseball updates on the, uh, the 10s and the 20s from Trey Ryan from Cluckers.
2: Uh, one five, mid and fifth. I don't like the way that you said that. By the way, sorry.
1: One five. <laughs> sorry. Five to one. <laughs> Give me a five to one. Sorry. Five to one, middle fifth. I don't. I don't like that score either. I don't. I don't care how you say it. I don't like the way that it's going out there. Xavier leading Louisville five to one out there at Jim Patterson Stadium. Cards looking to avoid a zero three start. That's not good. Texas says, is Caleb Glenn's best position, in the three or the four. He seems too small to play the four in the ACC to me. Yeah, but I'm not sure. right now. His best position is the four. I think ideally you'd want to play him at the three, but he's not skilled enough to play that right now. The like, I, I'm surprised that he hasn't taken more outside shots this year. He made a three in the last game against Pitt, it was kind of like you know, the, the game was over. Yeah, but that was when he played at La Lumiere and when he played at Mail. Like he wasn't afraid to hoist from the outside a decent amount. and It always seemed like he had a good shot. And a lot of times when he was playing against like bigger, more athletic teams in these uh, AAU events, you would look at his stat line and see that he was taking a ton of threes. So I'm surprised that that hasn't been more a part of his game, but he's going to have to get better at shooting it if he's going to play the three. Um, 6'6", 205 is where he's listed at right now. And he's probably closer to like 6'5". And that's going to make you an undersized four, but it's not like you can't do it at this level. But ideally, I think most coaches would like to see him just work on the ball handling and become a capable three on offense. Now, he can, he can guard the three or the four. I feel confident in him guarding either position. But I think offensively, you'd like to have him at the three and, and put another bigger guy down there. Yeah. But, look, Dre Davis is about that same size. I think it's the safest comp for him. And he's still playing the four at Seton Hall. And he's doing a pretty good job. So, he's a young guy. A lot of time. Texas, Louisville may have a better roster, but Shrewsbury will coach circles around KP tonight. Louisville will lose again tonight. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that you're wrong too. But I, I, t- I certainly understand where you're coming from. They will be they will be the better prepared team. I feel pretty confident in saying that. Texas, how far away would Danny be from sending the Mr. Feeney, I love you all, class dismissed about the Louisville baseball season? He's still far away. So we we have a a reds text group. My buddy Danny, who I do the the CC podcast with, whenever he determines that the reds season's over, like there's no chance of them making the playoffs, or whatever, he sends uh, to the text group the the gift from Boy Meets World, where he says, "I love you all." Class dismissed from the very last episode, and it's too early for that. Danny's also doing his thing right now with the Reds, where he is the most optimistic right before the start of the season fan that I've I've, I've, I've ever known. Like I'm very much him. I've never seen the Reds do anything basically since I've been a Reds fan. So, why should I be overly optimistic going into any season? And every spring training, Danny goes from like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't you know, we've got some good acquisitions, I like what he got, and he's like we're going to win it all. And he just like literally an hour ago said, "Okay, I've seen enough. We are making the NLCS at a minimum. We're just too deep." I'm like, I was like, "Okay." And he just goes, "Ladolo's the key for me. I think we need a minimum of 20 to 25 starts from him." So Danny's unbridled spring training optimism is officially here. And I'm excited for Reds baseball. I'm not as optimistic as he is, which is typically the case. Texas that I was working for a sports, uh, a national sports magazine during the summer before Johnny Menzel's sophomore season. We were planning on having him on the cover of our football season preview edition and also had a feature focused on him. The athletic department scheduled all the interviews with Johnny and the coaching staff, and we were in the process of planning the photo shoot Shoot, when a rep for Johnny reached out and told us that we needed to pay the family several thousand dollars to move forward with what we were planning. After some internal discussion, our lawyers advised that we pulled the plug on the entire endeavor. That sounds about right. My favorite thing, my favorite um, revelation from that Netflix documentary that came out like last summer was he and his friend basically just invented the idea that, that Menzel's family had oil money, which everybody heard that like that, that got around very quickly. And it was the explanation for why he was driving around in fancy cars. And, you know, his, he and his dad, like they, they have this country club lifestyle. They play golf together every day. They're, they're from deep oil money down there. And they were like, no, it was just totally made up to cover the fact that we were just <laughs> raking in hundreds of thousands of dollars from people for signing autographs and stuff. Um, but th- that story does not shock me. That sounds about par for the course. Texas said, I peed next to Quinn at O'Shea's during his freshman year, and they clearly weren't checking IDs that night. <laughs> Don't call it Quinn like that. <laughs> Come on, Quinn. <laughs> Somebody, um, like last week, one day last week was the anniversary of the, do you all, you all may be too young to even have any recollection of this, the Jerry Smith hits a buzzer beater against Marquette game? Do you all remember this? Roman, anything?
3: No. Gosh.
1: It's 2007, so you all would have been. I was three. God, you are young as hell. <laughs> so Roman would have been like eight. Eight. Yeah. Uh, you know? Eight or nine. Very young. So so anyways, we played Marquette. It was a weeknight game. It was like Wednesday night, Tuesday night, something like that. And Jerry Smith, who was from Marquette, from 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 Milwaukee, goes home, hits a three at the buzzer to beat Marquette. Place goes nuts. Every, everyone's going nuts. Like he accidentally trucked a woman in the crowd. It was it was it was a beautiful. Rick Pitino smacked Vinnie Tatum's ass because he was upset that people weren't going back to the bench as they reviewed the tape incredible game. And it was late. I remember that this was my senior year of college. And I was going, I was finishing up at, at Bellarmine and a few friends of mine were like, like we have to celebrate. This is going to the bars. So we went to, uh, old Molly's on Barstown road. This is when Barstown road bars were like the, the, the place to be. And we're there. And like around 1 AM, like David Paget, um, Brad Giannini, Chris Current. Uh, a couple of the other guys on, on the team, a couple of the other, other older guys on the team, and then a very young Derek character and Earl Clark come into the bar. And, like, Earl Clark and DC are both true freshmen at this point. so They're, like, 19, yeah. and they're just ready to rip shots. And they, you, could, you, you could tell it was, like, their first, like, okay, we're in a bar experience. And, like, Padgett's kind of trying to steer them in the right way. And I was like, I love it. This is just classic Louisville. Like, they flew in, and Padgett's like, I got to take the young guys out to the bar. Let's make it happen. It was wonderful. It was a great night. Those were the times to be alive. I feel like Andy Bernard, where I'm like, I wish there was some way to know that you were in the good old days before before the good old days ended. That's that's how I felt at that time. Texture says, uh, Roman politely said that Taylor Swift has a long back. We knew what he meant. (laughs) Texture says, Although the kids are probably too small to ride, Guardians of the Galaxy and Epcot is the best ride in all of Disney. If you can fit it in, you will not regret it. First time I've heard that. Um,
2: yeah, that wasn't there when I was there. I don't think that movie was out. I don't know anything about that. Yeah.
1: I've heard good things, but kids probably are going to be too young. Texas, FKP KP is fired while you are on vacation, will you do an emergency remote show? I don't know. I, I don't even want to talk about this. I, I, I don't want to speak it into existence because I'm so – the more the people bring it up, the more nervous that I get about it. And I just don't want this to happen because – it's a disaster for the website it's a disaster for the radio show it's a disaster for the podcast. I think we're gonna to try to tape a podcast tonight after the Notre Dame game but yeah if it happens like I will just i will never ever take another even like small weekend getaway in the middle of football or basketball season I'll never do it again i'm already I'm already feeling bad about it already and this is the middle of a terrible like it should theoretically be like a like a whatever week like oh we beat Notre Dame or we we lost Notre Dame who cares We've got four games left. Let's just get through this week off. No games this weekend. Nothing to talk about with regards to Louisville men's basketball. So, if they ruin this all, Josh, if you do this to me, I'll never forgive you. If you're listening to the show right now, if you fire Kenny Payne in the next 72 hours, I will never ever forgive you. I don't care if you, I don't care if you hire Jay Wright. This show, you will have made an enemy. You will be an enemy of the show for the rest of your existence. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hour is up next. We'll rehash some thoughts. We'll get you ready for tonight's game against Notre Dame, and we'll keep hearing from you on the text line at 502-414-1450. It's the Rutherford Show on the Big X. About the things that I forgot to do
0: for you And all the times I had the chance to Days, I'll sit on cornerstone Count the time in quarter tones To ten My friend Don't confront me with my failure I had, had not, not forgotten, forgotten
1: it. The mournful Jackson Brown on a Wednesday, drive home for you 5 o'clock hour here the Mike Rutherford Show 1450 and 961 the big X. Uh, listeners of the show, you remember all summer long, we basically were at the OG studios in Jeffersonville, the old OG, OG studios. And I'd forgotten that this bobblehead company had hit me up and they were like, would you, do you want a sample of this? It's our best-selling bobblehead. It's, um, it's Bob Knight throwing a chair to commemorate the, the crazy occasion. And I was like, yeah, you know, we're a radio station based in Indiana. So why don't you send a couple of those over our way? And I forgot this was like months ago. So today they're like, "Hey, we just sent it. Should, you should get it tomorrow." I don't know if we can send anybody over to the OG. I don't know if it, 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 we, we still got our guys living over there. We do. We do. We do. My grandpa still lives there. Your grandpa still is there. We can get it if it gets in there. Yeah, Frank's still there. Yeah, Frank's still there. Yep. Frank showed up here one day. I was like, really? "I want I was like, come on, show Frank. Come on." For here. what? Did he just I don't know. He just wanted to say Yeah, he just wanted to see the new digs. So oh. He just wanted to look out over here. I would love to have Frank on the show. We'd bring him Let's over here. Frank I miss him. Uh, it's been a while. You, you have that, the the motor oil smell that just attaches yep. itself to your clothes. At a certain point, you start to miss it a little bit. You do. We need that bobblehead. Nostalgic. Let's make it happen. Uh, but so alert somebody that at some point they're probably going to be seeing a Bob Knight bobblehead. Uh, the updates, the bad updates, continue from Jim Patterson's Stay in the cards. Continue to trail Xavier five to one. Uh, their home opener for Louisville baseball. Also the the uh, Musketeers, threatening two runners in scoring position here. Cards are making a pitching change in the sixth inning. Saviour, by the way, in case you're wondering, went 0-3 in its opening weekend. so That adds to the fun. Uh, the growing contingent of panicky Louisville baseball fans only going to be more panicky as time goes on. And it's understandable. Uh, cards... Card's struggling right now. Hopefully, we can get some runs together. We'll keep you updated there. 970 WGTK. You can hear Sean Moth call the game if you want to, but keep it locked right here. we got an hour left of the show. Uh, we are also getting you ready for tonight's game inside the KFC. I'm the Louisville men's basketball team, taking on Notre Dame, fighting Irish, entered the, uh, the weekend. I said second to last, but they're technically a half game ahead of Georgia Tech in the conference standings. But they have just one win on Louisville in the 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 win column in the conference standings. They're four and ten in the ACC. Louisville is three and twelve. Basically, if Louisville wants to have hope of not finishing last in the conference, for God, saying these things out loud just makes me so sad. <laughs> but if we want to, if we have any hope of of not finishing last in the conference in back-to-back years, you probably need to win this game. Because if you allow Notre Dame to get two games ahead of you in the win column probably not going to catch them there georgia tech is they definitely have plateaued but also are you going to win another game you only have four left so it's a big game for louisville i guess in that regard i think the other thing is that because i still believe if you get sky clark back and you get tyler johnson back they have enough they could win a game in the conference tournament but if you want to make that happen i feel like you kind of need to get into that 13-12 game because there are there are four teams to me that are just worse than everybody else in this conference. And it's, it's the three at the bottom right now us, Notre Dame, and Georgia Tech. And then I think Boston College still is not very good. If, if you can get them in the 13 12 game, that's probably a better chance for you to win than if you're playing in the 14 11 or the 15 10 game. You're looking at like Miami, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Florida State, some of those teams. Like everybody else. The middle of this conference is just this amorphous blob of just mediocre teams. You've got you got Carolina, Duke, Virginia, and then Wake, and then everybody else is either eight and seven, eight and eight, seven and seven, or six and nine. Like everybody, it, it's just it's a bunch of just whatever teams with that are like oh, everyone's sixteen and ten. It's all NC State football basically. Like they're all just like nobody's terrible, but nobody's good. And I don't know if we can beat those teams on a neutral floor. Maybe we can, but. But maybe we can. I stand by my prediction, though. I still think we're winning a game in the conference tournament. I base that on nothing rational. I base it on nothing basketball wise. I just I know Kenny Payne. I know this program, and I know that we want to make this thing as excruciating as possible, and as weird as possible. And I know that we're all going to wake up on March twelfth and be like, "Here we go, last day of the Kenny Payne era," and Kenny Payne's going to be like, "So you think?" And we're going to extend the thing for twenty four more hours. It's going to happen. We're we're going to win a game.
3: Do you think that's why I don't mind if we take an L tonight? Why? Like, like I don't. I feel like it's not a bad thing if there's another thing to pile on to it, like him coming last a second year.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh,
3: what reason would we want him back?
1: No, I I, I agree with you there. I I think that there's still been. This was kind of the conversation on the show the last couple of weeks when they were starting to win some games, and it, it became this thing where it's like is it in our best interest to root against our own team? And it was a, it was a debate. And I'll say the same thing that I've said a million times over the last two years. Like I can't bring myself to do it, but I don't judge. I don't, I don't judge any fanny thing that's happening right now. I don't don't judge any fanny. Uh, I I don't judge the way that anybody's fanning right now. If, If you are actively rooting against the team, because you think that it's, the best thing for the program, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. It's a, I, I don't, it's I don't, a I, tough
3: thing for me because I, sure, de- I'm not actively rooting against the players at all. I want them to win, you know. I want them to feel that, sure, you know what it's like to win in a Louisville jersey. Why would you not want that for them? But at the same time, on the flip side of it, I don't want any success for Kenny Payne at this point, you know. At this point,
1: I, I think at this point, there's probably been enough damage that a win over Notre Dame tonight doesn't change the narrative that much. Um, I, I mean. Even if you, anything short of like winning out, probably we're still in that same category where it's, you know, we've won nine, 10, 11 games. And to me, I think that speaks so loudly that you can't possibly overlook it. Like, I, like I, there's still a very real possibility that we could win two or three of these next five games okay. if we're healthy. If that, we're healthy. That's true. If, if, if Tyler and Sky are out, you're not winning any of them. I don't, I don't think. I really don't. But if you get uh, if you get Tyler Johnson back, if you get Sky Clark back, if everybody else can stay healthy, which is a huge if at this point, you can beat Syracuse or 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 VT or BC, a- absolutely. And I think you probably should win tonight. But I still don't think that there's. I think the damage has been done. We're eight and eighteen for God's sake. We're three and twelve in the ACC in a bad ACC. We I don't even know what we are in the net rankings anymore. I'm assuming we're probably. Close to 200. Um, whatever we are, quickly. We're 195. We are, we are a spot behind a 9-17 and Illinois-Chicago team from the Missouri Valley. We're two spots behind a Texas A&M-Corpus Christi uh, team from the Southland. That's, wow. that's two games above 500. I mean, I made fun of how bad Archie Miller's been at Rhode Island. We're three spots behind Rhode Island. <laughs> so for all the talk about turning a corner and guys getting it and playing harder and all the stuff, we are still, by every metric that's out there, a absurdly bad basketball team, and beating Notre Dame, and then potentially additionally beating Virginia Tech or Boston College or both, it's not going to change that dramatically. I, I think if if Josh Hurd was going to fire him at eight and twenty-four or whatever it would be, he's going to f- still fire him at, at at ten and twenty-one. Like that's just that's it, true. Yeah, you would think the damage is done at this. point. Yeah, that's I mean. true. I think that Josh knows what he's going to do at this point. Right. I don't think that there's any more, hey, let's wait and see. Now, maybe he's like, hey, I'm holding out. If they won four out of five to end the season and then won the conference tournament, that would change. My mind. Maybe something like that is why you don't pull the trigger. But I think that he's sort of looking at this from a barring any miracle, this is my plan of action. I would assume that he's got that. I would hope that he has that in place at this point because he's had like Three months, basically, to, to kind of see the writing on the wall and figure out what he was going to do. Should we get to this and, and should this not have gotten any better, which is where we are. So I, I don't know that we're at the point anymore where it's like single individual wins are, are going or losses are going to change the overall landscape. I think we're too far gone. But what do I know? I'm not Josh Hurt. Okay, I could totally be wrong. I do think this is a game tonight that Louisville, again, on paper, should probably win. They certainly are the more talented team. If they're healthy, this a A A Notre Dame team that's very good defensively, very bad offensively. When when I say very bad offensively, I mean like one of the worst offensive teams in the ACC in the modern history of the conference. Like They just do not score. Um, They've got a very, very good young freshman in Marcus Burton, who was Indiana's Mr. Basketball last year. They've got another pretty good freshman in Braden Shrewsbury, the coach's son. Uh, those are their two leading scorers. They're a super young team. Tay Davis is on the team, a sophomore who had formerly been committed to Louisville, who's going to come here and play with his brother back in the day. A um, lot of young bodies, not a lot of offensive talent. Burton makes them go. He can score in bunches. Shrewsbury can score in bunches. Don't be surprised if either one of those guys goes off against us because, look, it's their two most talented offensive players, and we hate guarding good offensive players. So those are the two guys in the circle. Defensively, they do a lot of things really well. They play those basic pack line principles where they, they, they don't force a ton of turnovers. They want you to take challenged outside shots and they, they're going to clean up on the glass. They play at an insanely slow pace. It's going to be a fast game time-wise tonight. Like I, I I think if you're hoping for the game to wrap up before nine o'clock, it's probably going to wrap up before nine o'clock, but it will feel like it takes a long time to play because they use so few possessions. They're 339th in adjusted tempo. Uh, they, they, they want to do a lot of the same things that Virginia does, at least this year, at least until he gets more guys in there. Um, it's a well-coached team. They'll get better as time, as time goes on. He did a remarkable job at Penn State, uh, which is not a place where it's very, very easy to win, and I think eventually he will do a good job at, at, at Notre Dame. They just don't have the horses right now. They, they don't have the players. And because of that, Louisville should win, but Louisville doesn't always do what it should do. I think, for me, again, it's very simple. If Sky Clark or Tyler Johnson played tonight, I'm picking us to win. If Sky Clark and Tyler Johnson do not play tonight, I'm picking us to lose. There it is. 502-414-1450 Thornton's text line. If you've got thoughts on tonight's game or anything else, hit us up there. Uh, the, the, the one national story that I did want to get to, we've got talk of expansion now in two of the three major sports. We had uh, Adam Silver basically announcing over All-Star Weekend that The NBA was going to look to expand to two two different locations. Um, As much as I would like to get our hopes up for the 85th time here, guess what? It's not going to happen again.
3: Yeah, there's no point. There's
1: no point. I mean, I had a friend that was doing the whole, I hope he's listening right now to this too, who was doing the whole like NBA to Lou that was like the movement. And I I just made fun of him constantly. he's, He's like trying to get me involved to do stuff. And I was like, I'll help. But like, tell me what's different now than like the last 17 times you guys have done this because it feels like just kind of a social club. And he was like, eh, there's movement here, there's movement here. I'm like, no, there's not. Nothing's going to happen. I doubt they go to a city without an NFL team. No, I mean, it's it's going to be, it sounds like, well, Las Vegas is obvious, I think, at this point. And then it sounds like Seattle would be the front runner unless they wanted to go outside of America. I, I I don't know. But whatever the list is, I think we're down there at like four or five. Like if If they were expanding to four or five new franchises, then yeah, I'd get my hopes up. But. It's not happening. But Major League Baseball now also is saying that they are looking to go to 32 teams, um, but it's probably not going to happen before the next couple of years. Uh, The the commissioner, Rob Manfred, says he wants to go to a 32-team league before he retires in 2029. They are looking at, uh, apparently, Austin-San Antonio for a team. Charlotte, North Carolina is a top-tier contender. Mexico City, top-tier contender. Bringing the Expos back to Montreal, Love to see it. Nashville, Tennessee is also high on the list, and Orlando, Florida, uh, and Portland, Oregon. Those are the the top contenders to land an MLB franchise. I would love to have an MLB team in Louisville. I don't think we could ever support it, but I would love to have it. And even if we get one in Nashville, it'd be nice to have another MLB franchise, another MLB team that's within driving distance. That'd be cool. But bring the Expos back to Montreal. They deserve it for God's sake. Let them have it. Let him have it. If you guys could pick, this is the age-old question. If you guys could pick one professional sport, don't worry about like the the logistics of it all. Don't don't worry about being rational here. But if you could put one professional sports team in the city of Louisville, what sport are you going with? Trey, you go first.
2: Uh, I would say NBA. I think that would. Okay. I think it would do well here. I think it would be fun. I think it would do well. Um, that'd be my pick.
3: NBA. Roman, your thoughts? Don't kill me here, but I I, I think I'd go MLS. Okay. Wow. All right. Just, justify your response. I don't think we'd fill out like so. MLB was going to be my second. You know, I think the the Louisville Bats Foundation, if it got bumped up to MLB, I think that would be a strong case as well. But I just don't think any. You know, it'd be tough to fill out fill out those stadiums. Well, I, I was like.
1: saying, don't think logically though. Don't worry about that stuff. Just if you could have one,
3: if I could have one, I think there's a lot of soccer players. It's a it's a good city for it. I think they'd love it.
1: Okay, all right. I don't hate you for that. I mean, I think it's probably more likely than. Than some of the other ones, although Hopefully. Cincinnati getting an MLS squad probably was a, was a big blow to that. Yeah, um, I, I would love to have any of it. I mean, I know for again, if you're thinking about like the logic of it, financials, like NFL is going to be a gigantic boost to any local city's economy. I don't think we could ever, you know, the NFL is never going to come here. Baseball, I think, just works well. Like, we're, we're an underrated baseball city, we obviously have the deep ties with basketball. I also think hockey, I think everyone gets into hockey, like. It, like you're not a hockey fan until you get a team that you can really root for, but once you go to a hockey game, you get hooked. Like I think that that would be a lot of fun here, but if I had to choose one, I think I would just go NBA, just because I think it makes the most sense and because, man, like, if we had been able to get a franchise four or five years ago, imagine how much they would have been able to capitalize on Louisville being so down in basketball. Yeah,
3: it's uh, everyone would have flocked. to yeah, the NBA team. You,
1: you, it, w- it would have been nice to have that pivot especially around, especially on this show, so we don't have to have the same talk every single day. But uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But basically, any of those would work great. Look, I I love racing Louisville. I love uh, Lou City. I love the Bats. I get that they are technically professional sports franchises, but I'm talking one of the big four or five leagues. Like, would love to have one of those before I die here in the city. Not sure it's ever going to happen, but I would love it. What would you want
2: our NBA team to be called if we got one?
1: The Mike Rutherford's. (laughs) The Louisville Rutherford. We should run
2: with that. You're right. <laughs> the little,
1: I mean, they would, uh, you know, they, they would have to wind up being the Kentucky something. Like, yeah. you, you'd have to have yeah. the statewide name. My assumption has always been they would go back to the Kentucky Colonels. Yeah, right, yeah. And I'm fine with that. That'd be cool, yeah. That'd be fun. Or just like, you, I, I would love to be one of those the, the, those cities or states that has a professional sports team with a nickname that just makes no sense. Yeah. Like the Utah Jazz now. Like the, yeah. you know, yeah. G- yeah. Why? Salt Lake City, not exactly the birthplace <laughs> of jazz, but they just stuck with it because it was you know, the New Orleans team. So I would like to have that, but, like, we just made it up right. for no reason. Like, yeah. what's, a, what's a species that's just totally not indigenous around here? Like, what, like, the Louisville black like bears? sharks or something? <laughs> <Global> sharks, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like, like oh, wow, why, why, <laughs> why, why did they ever choose that? Uh, the kangaroos? I don't know. Just go yeah. for it. Like, wait, just have, have a nickname that makes no sense whatsoever. I think it would be wonderful. 502-414-1450. Let's do it. Thornton's text line. Make it happen. Texas, I don't know who the community affairs director is, the big X, but you talking about the stress of planning the Disney trip and dealing with sick children over the past week would make a great PSA for condoms and birth control. I love kids. I I love my kids, but they do come with, they do come with obstacles. And yeah, the, the two youngsters listening to the show right now, you guys, this is why safe sex is the best sex. Texas, how many Troll Pub drinks equal a L win? I'll take one for the team. Those high school kids are taking the test tomorrow anyway. Oh, this is the teacher. He's going to Troll Pub tonight. Uh, how many does he need to drink for us to win tonight? Before the game. Three drinks. Three drinks? I think that's a good number. I agree. I'm three drinks, same thing. maybe a couple at the game. You'll be good to go. But three is the minimum. Make it happen. Texas, my, next, my, my top five picks for the next head coach. One, Scott Drew. Two Nate Oats, three Mick Cronin, four Barack Obama, five the person that came up with the double drive through line at Chick-fil-A, make them say no. I've said this on the radio show before, and I'm going to call her out again. My wife's worst take is she doesn't like the, the way they do the drive through at Chick-fil-A. She well, thinks it's inefficient. How could you disagree with that? Because she's, she's not logical. I mean, it's... Isn't it the most efficient? It. It's the most efficient. <laughs> I mean, it is undeniable. She's... I mean, like, they're out there with the iPads and everything. I mean, they get you in and out of there. I mean, you- this is how impatient she is. She's the, the, the world's <laughs> most impatient person, especially in the car. And in her mind, there's always something like you should be doing. And it's why, it's why she's the worst passenger of all time. Like, she's the worst co pilot. Like, if we're trying to leave a crowded lot at a U of L football game, like nobody's moving, literally nobody in the yeah. entire part. And she's like, you need to go over there or like inch up. I'm like, I'm like, nothing's, I can't, this car can't levitate. <laughs> there's nothing that I can do right now. But in her mind, she sees it as, like, this is a – it's a logistical problem. Like, there's something that you can do here. So when Chick-fil-A is, is long because there's 75 people in the drive through yeah. line, she's like, this isn't working. There's, there's a more efficient way. And I'm like, you're not seeing the forest for the trees here. Like, it, it, if this were one straight line, we'd be five times wrapped around right. here. Like, they're doing – this is the best way. This is the best route. And everyone sees it but you. But she yeah. still – she stands by the terrible take. It's awful. But, yeah, get that person. I don't know who made that up, but – they're on the list. Put them on the list. Texas, with how over the top Patino is with some of the stuff that he says, I wonder if it's hard for new players to not crack a smile or let out a chuckle when he's going off and telling them stuff like, "I'm going to cut your body into nine pieces and send them back to wherever the f you're from." And we saw Gorgie, that famous clip of him where he's being yelled at on the, on the, the bench, and Patino's going at it, and like Gorgie's kind of like staring, and the second he walks away, like Gorgie can't help but like but like grin. It's the greatest gift of all time. It's wonderful. And that's uh, – I mean, did you ever have a, a coach say something like that where, like, you knew they were so mad that you couldn't laugh, but it was – in the back of your mind, you're like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, it, it I used to have a coach – I
2: played for my – my high school football coach was about 5'5", five, five, so, and he was he's, – he's a real country dude, so anytime he got super mad, he'd literally just be looking up at you, yet <laughs> screaming, and it would just be so hard not to laugh at him because he's just literally 5'5", five, five, yelling at a bunch of, like, you know, like 6'5", six, 6'4", six, dudes, and it's just like, <laughs> dude, come on.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I walked a guy. We, we, I was closing a game against the Eastern, and I remember I walked a guy with two outs, and he was just like the, the, the coach, was like two out walks, just just make me wanna, make me wanna, and then he says the s word <laughs> as loud as he possibly could, and it's all I could think. I was like, I'm sorry, that's that's hilarious. He out, this the same coach also would yell at the bench when the like the, the people like weren't hitting. He's like, swing the bat. I'm like, I'm I'm like we're sitting here, like we're not in the game right now. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Like, why are you yelling at us?
3: I had a teacher like that, actually. Like My oh, soccer God. coach definitely had moments, you know, halftime, down 4-0 to Trinity, you know, definitely had those kind of moments. But I had a math teacher, and at Highland, I don't know if you guys have ever heard about this, you loop. They loop your teachers and students at Highland Middle School. What does when, that mean? When I went there. So, the kids, when I walked into middle school, first day, sixth grade, like, your core classes have different teachers, right? Science, math, English, social studies. All the students I was with on day one in sixth grade, I was with every day for all three years. Oh. And the same four teachers for those subjects, right? And it's called like a team, and we're in our own specific little hallway for those four subjects, whatever, whatever. The math teacher, when I was in middle school, her name was, started off as Miss Sprigler, and then she got married, and it was Miss Buckhead. Okay. She was the craziest, like most stereotypical, like movie, show, math teacher you could have, and she would- she would you know there's only two or three guys in this class um that i'm friends with like five total because this is advanced program and she would start yelling at us like right in our face right up to like and then like we would laugh at the person getting yelled at and then she would come right over and yell at that person and it's like stop laughing stop laughing yeah
1: crazy it's crazy intense. She it's a terrible moment too. It, well, it sounds sounds like she probably should have. It's it, 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 having to not laugh when you just the, the only thing in the world you want to do is laugh is one of the like the worst feelings. In the it's entire one year. of the most difficult things to do. L- it's so hard. I had
3: that happen to me uh, this past weekend for the first time in like years. <laughs> like it was so notable that it was happening, and I hadn't had it happen in so long. In what context? <laughs> me and a buddy were leaving leaving the bar Friday or Saturday night. I can't remember. We went to the McDonald's drive through and we started laughing about something unrelated um, and then rolled the window down and then we were still laughing and that made the person in there upset, no. like that we were laughing and not immediately ready to order and they were like, are you guys going to stop laughing? When you <laughs> say that to two laughing friends? <laughs> it happens. You know, it's tough. I just pulled off. We didn't even get food. Oh, God. Well, because we started, we broke out laughing after that. So I felt like that's just a little unfair. Let
1: me. You also have the classic being yelled at by a parent and then you make eye contact with a sibling and it's like, oh God, yeah. Like, it's, it's I, 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 yeah, we were, we were in that boat before too. Or a parent is like trying to give like a very impassioned speech and you make, you make eye contact with your sibling and you're like, well, it's, it's, it's done now. She's gone. I'm gone. We're both laughing. It's terrible. Uh says listening to Sean Moth announce Louisville baseball games is a top three enjoyable experience for me. With Louisville Athletics, my man loves talking about trains going northbound every three innings. Very majestic the way he describes them. Sean's the best. I he's mean, good. he's good. You could just, like, if, if you don't care about baseball, just listening to Sean for, like, two and a half hours just doing his thing, it, like, it's it's ASMR. Like, it just, it relaxes you. Like, you're just, you, you're taken, you're transported to a different place. Like, Sean is the absolute best. Uh, I miss getting him on the show. Texas says, uh, to continue, hold on. Texas the first time that we went to Disney was our anniversary. Uh, to continue the story, the eight-year-old, our eight-year-old ate some bad food. We were sleeping. Father, son, mother, daughter, the eight-year-old sat up at midnight and puked all over me. Just had to take it. Besides that, Disney was great. That would be... That would ruin my trip. I have been thrown up on by by my daughter before. It was a it, It's a humbling thing. The amount of things that you quickly become okay with, just like poop and, and throw up. That you're like, yeah, this is just it's it's part of the gig. It happens very quickly, snap of a finger. You're just okay with it. So how do you get thrown up on that?
2: Was she sleeping?
1: With, like, is it like she was she, like yeah. this, this was she was sick. This was before we had John. She was sick and she like was very much like her like head was above mine and yeah. she like sat up and like I think I felt the the puke before I even like woke up. Oh no! And then she had like more and I'm like I'm like carrying her and it was like very much like she was the you know the the, the, the demon possessed because like she's like vomiting as I'm carrying her to the bathroom. <laughs> And poor thing, she just, yeah, it, was, it was a rough morning. But it was, and it, you know, that smell didn't go away. It's well, just, it's whiskey the you course
2: forever. of action there? Do you just immediately get in the shower? Like
1: It was the middle of the night. off? What do you do? There was a, I was so tired. There was a part of me that was like, I might just sleep too. <laughs> I did end up taking a shower very quickly. It's, it's, yeah, it's bad. That's bad. It, it was, it was rough. But, you know, you also realize how quickly, like, just, you know, cleaning up poopy diapers and, like, having your your hands in, like, poop and stuff. And uh, you go, like after like a few weeks of doing it, like, all right, going right back to eating like chicken wings afterwards. Part like, the course. I spent thirty like five years of my life not willing to deal with other people's poop. And then immediately you're just like, I'm, I'm all in somebody else's well, poop. poop. It's just, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, it doesn't bother me anymore. It's not my favorite thing, but you got to do what you got to do. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get through as many of you all's texts as we can. We'll look ahead to the night uh, in the world of sports. Make some predictions, including for tonight's Louisville-Notre Dame game. We'll wrap things up after this here on 1450 it's The Big
0: And the land is dark, and the moon is the only light we'll see. No, I won't. Stand by me, hold stand by me, walk stand now. Stand by me, stand by me.
1: Final segment here of the Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. 1450, the big X. Quick update from Jim Patterson Stadium. They're headed to the bottom of the 7th. They're stretching over there at the pad, and they need some runs. Cards trail Xavier 5-1. Louisville 0-2 in the season, looking to avoid going to 0-3 against the Xavier team that is 0-3 right now. So send your good vibes over there to the, to the baseball cards. They need it. They need to get going. Uh, speaking of baseball, have you all seen the The uniforms that, you know, MLB has the deal with Fanatics now. Fanatics is doing all the uniforms. And the names on the back of all the jerseys look terrible. Like, they're they're, they're not spaced out the right way. Like, Justin Verlander's, is like, this big, like, little kind of crescent around the letters. And it's gotten so bad now that the MLB Players Association is looking to have the jerseys changed before opening day. Just the latest piece of evidence that we need that Fanatics ruins everything. If you need any piece of, of clothing from Fanatics, if you want to celebrate a championship, you may not get it. And if you do, it's going to be there like an hour and, or like a, a month and 16 days too late. It's going to be terrible cotton. It's going to not, not fit right. It's going to be all, The logos are going to be off-centered. They suck at what they do. Fanatics is the worst, unless they want to advertise with us, in which case we love Fanatics. But until then,
2: you're terrible Fanatics. They are really bad. I just looked them up. They're like, the numbers are like small. The names
1: look weird. It's, it's awful. It's, they're terrible. They look terrible. It's uh, it's We're off to a rough start. We knew It was wildly predictable, and here we are. It's all happening. Uh, we've got Louisville basketball tonight again. 7 o'clock is the tip-off KFCM Center. If you want to watch it, it's on ESPNU. Anish Shroff and Tom Crean on the call tonight. If you want to avoid hearing the brilliant analysis of Tom Crean, you can listen to the game on our sister station, 970 WGTK, your home for Cardinal Athletics. Uh, Josh Pastor by the way, we, one thing that I would have, Love to have talked about if we had been on the air last week after the the Boston College game, Pastner's insights were so terrible. I, I typically view Pastner as kind of like a harmless sort of dweeb, like he's just a, he's a, he's a funny guy out there. But he was saying some of the dumbest things that I've ever heard, and it was it was one of those games where you hear an ex coach broadcasting, and you're like, that's why you're you're broadcasting now. Why why you because what he was saying was just made no sense whatsoever. But that was Pastner being Pastner. We'll get Tom Crean tonight. Very excited about it. It's all going down. Go Cards. We've got about uh, 20 minutes left if you want to have your thoughts heard on the Thornton's text line. Text us at 502-414-1450. We'll spend 20 minutes going through those, and then we'll look ahead to some games tonight, including, of course, the Cards and the Fighting Irish. Texture says, Joey Votto, the next baseball coach at UofL next year, if Mac doesn't get it figured out. I would love nothing more. You brought Joey Votto. To, he already loves the city. Several stints with the Bats. If you bring Joey Votto in to, to coach the U baseball team, it'd be the only replacement that I'll be happy for to to come in and fill in for Coach Mack. Texas, why are players loyal to a coach that's proven they can't get them anywhere? Loyalty over a coach that might get you to actually experience the NCAA tourney or a winning streak? I can't uh, I I can't speak to that. Uh, I mean, I'll, like Sky Clark and, and and Kenny Payne have a relationship that pre exists their time at Louisville. They were very close when. Sky was being recruited. I I, I just think that uh, Sky's basically here because of Kenny Payne. Like he's not here because of the glory of Louisville or it was the best landing spot after he left Illinois or anything like that. He's here because of Kenny Payne. I don't think you can say that about anybody else. I know Mike James and Kenny Payne have a great relationship. You still might be able to talk Mike James into coming back and playing for a new coach here. I think Sky Clark is the one guy that you look at and I'm like, if Payne's gone, he's absolutely gone. Like you're not, you're not you're not getting Sky Clark back. I think everybody else, you can at least make a case. I think there are reasons to believe Mike James wouldn't stay. There are reasons to believe Trey White wouldn't stay. I don't know where Brandon Huntley Hatfield's head is in relation to wanting to go start and play professionally. I know that was his goal when he came here initially. Look, if he wants to, like, he's not going to get drafted. As good as he's been this year, he's not going to play his way into being a second-round NBA draft pick. If he's fine with trying to get a two-way deal, spending some time in the G League or, or spending some time overseas. That's one thing. I do think he's a guy that you could... like. This is where NIL can really help you. It's great to get NIL for recruits and for guys in the transfer portal. The biggest place where NIL can help programs like Louisville is getting the player like Huntley Hatfield, who's that fringe. I'm not good enough to be an NBA guy, but I still want to go make money to be play, to, to play this game because I've only got a limited number of years where I can do this. You can now go to him and say, we can give you a comparable salary to what you'd be making in the G League next year to, to stay here and play. And you get to stay here. You're the big man in a on campus. You're, 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 you're basically the pro athlete in a pro sports city without a pro sports team. All If all that sounds good to you and, and maybe we can get you into the NCAA tournament for the first time, why, why don't you come back? I think you can do that. I think you can wrangle up enough money to bring only half back, but it's going to have to be some situation like that. Texture says, my U L English degree uh, disagrees. Data is the correct pronunciation. Dat is not pronounced date, or it would have an E on the end. There you go. Texas says, are the Reds aware that you can't bat 13 guys? I don't understand not trading for pitching.
3: I've been thinking about that, too.
1: You're not alone. Um, I, I, I mean... They've got a ton of guys that could compete for starting rotation spots, you know, because you had so many players who were hurt last year. You still got some young arms. They 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 brought a dump for, I, I guess they're they're banking on guys staying healthy and also guys taking a jump forward in, in production. And I don't. I mean, <laughs> good luck. No, they, I mean, they did sign Brent Suter, who came in here as a free agent to help with the bullpen, and uh, the, the guy from the Twins whose name now is escaping me. So they they bolstered the bullpen a little bit. But the problem with going out and signing pitching if you're the Reds, you have to overpay for every arm that you sign because nobody wants to pitch in that ballpark. So they they gave the guy from the Twins a ridiculous contract based on his numbers, but they had to if they wanted to get him. So that's the risk that you run. I I don't really understand bringing in uh, Candelario to to, to be yet another infielder. I just (laughs) don't. You're already so crowded there, but that's what they're doing. Got a lot of bats, a lot of depth for sure. Texture says, uh, why hasn't anyone asked at a KP press conference about next year's recruiting class? I know that he can't talk specifics, but he could be held accountable for the lack of recruits. I do think it's strange that it, this hasn't come up, and it hasn't. I haven't listened to every second of every KP press conference, so maybe it has, and people are just so checked out that it didn't make like the local buzz, but. You would think at some point that he would be asked directly about. I know you can't mention names, but you guys don't have a player signed in the twenty twenty four class. You're quite literally the only power conference program. That that's true of. What's going on there? Should fans be concerned? And it hasn't even been talked about. I guess the on court stuff and the the questions about his future have been so overwhelming that you you don't you don't get to this, but it is a big part of the equation. Like if Kenny Payne. If the injuries hadn't happened and we, let's say we won both games last week and we're sitting here at, uh, at 10 and 16 and with a chance to you know maybe win 13 or 14 games and he had three five-star kids waiting in the wings like that's an entirely different scenario than the one that we're dealing with right now. And I I mean I guess theoretically Carter Knox is still out there so he could sign with us but I don't think that's going to happen. It it's just it's crazy to me that we like you're supposed to be the recruiting guy. The one nod that he's given to that has been his acknowledgement that we need to start, like he wants to use the portal more. He's like, that's where you have to have success. We're like, dude, we've been telling you this for two years. Like it's like, it's a, it's a little bit late. We've, we've like legit been wanting to strangle you because we've been saying you got to get more guys out of the portal and you've been saying you don't want to do it. And now here you go. My mic just go out. Check, check, check. You hear me? Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, Texas says, uh, Rowan panic if Reggie Bush had to turn in his Heisman. Why is not Johnny Football had to turn in his? It's a fair question. I mean the, the the fact they haven't given Bush the Heisman back is ridiculous. Like cool, he his uh you know somebody showed Caleb Williams where he was living this year at USC like this this like $700,000 penthouse. It's like Reggie Bush's mom got like a $78,000 shotgun house to live in while he was playing there and that's what got his Heisman taken away. Grow up. Give him the trophy back. Ridiculous. He's the best college player I've ever seen. And taking a trophy away doesn't change that. Texas says I attribute uh Chris I'm not reading that buddy <laughs> I'm not reading it Texas says can the other guys turn their mics up I can hear Roman sometimes but I can never hear Trey
3: I had turned him up after I saw that
1: there we go Texas can we hope just hope that Kenny hits a player tonight so they can fire him with cause? <laughs> not a big hit just a little pop I don't know totally kidding I think uh it, it, it'd be I mean is it too much to ask if he could like just just you know throw us a bone just just do something that makes this easy on all of us. Throw a chair. Get kicked. ass. Yeah. Yeah, th- throw a chair at a ref or something. Don't hit a kid. Just throw a chair at a ref. Make this easy on all of us. Texas says, tell Scoots I'm behind a car with a Purdue license plate out here in Colorado and it made me think of it. Sorry,
2: Scoots. He's always catching strays. Scoots, he is, but he loves it.
1: He's willing to accept it. That's why. Texture says Scrooge is the, founding member, of the uh, founding member of the Woodson conglomerate. He does. He, he loves himself. So Mike Woodson Texas is Tyler or Sky playing tonight. We don't know. Like, I, I don't know if they're out shooting around. I don't know if any of the, the, the media folk are out there yet, but we usually don't get the official word until they send an email like 15 minutes before tip off. And my guess is that, I mean, like we'll know if Sky Clark's not even in. Okay. Actually, hold on. Let's check the inbox. Check the inbox. We got an email from Zach. Uh, okay, how about this? University of Louisville sophomore guard, Sky Clark, and freshman guard, Tyler Johnson, both available for tonight's game against Notre Dame. There you there go. Do. Boom. Both available. Let's get it going. Texas, I would take an NFL uh, franchise here all day. It'd be great. I would love to. I mean, you know, Louisville, uh, Wales, why not? Texas from a super casual hockey fan and NHL team would be fun. I mean NHL would be great. Like NHL playoff games. If you just watch again, if you have no rooting interest whatsoever, it's like, watching an NHL playoff game in overtime. I mean it's just it's like a you're pushing a coked up bear out of an airplane just like it's in the atmosphere is absolutely insane. Those overtime games get super intense. It's crazy. I mean I, I mean there's nothing like playoff overtime hockey. There's nothing and as an Avalanche fan, uh, you know, feeling pretty good about being back in the playoffs this year, but not feeling pretty good about the way we're playing right now. We, we got to step it up. We're healthy now. Let's let's get the net money done. Texas NBA would be great, but God, the WNBA needs to get off their ass and give Louisville a franchise. I mean, that's the most likely candidate if we're talking about the pro sports leagues. WNBA. I mean, this is a big women's basketball market. It's a big market without a another like top tier pro sports team. WNBA here just makes too much sense. I'm surprised that they, every time they, they released like their, we made fun of it. They released their, their list of potential cities to expand to last year. And it was like 75 cities. It it was like, there were cities I'd never heard of that were on there. Cities of like 56,000 people. I was like, what are we doing here? Texture says, um, if, if Mary thinks that uh, Chick-fil-A is an insufficient line, then White Castle will be a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, it's, Texture says, in her defense, it is one of the slowest fast food drive throughs on average. That's just because you have a million people there. Is that even true, though?
2: I feel I'm, like in my experience, it's
1: pretty fast. It's amazing to me how, how quickly I get in there. Like When I see the line every single time I get there, I'm like, this is going to be like 30 minutes. And then I'm in and out in like yeah. 7, 8. Texture says, brother for Tex, my offensive line coach would get so mad that he would call us an abortion that lived. <laughs> wow.
3: That's intense, too.
1: There were a lot of things that I was called growing up that like looking back on it I'm like I just kind of accepted it but like if my somebody tells this to like my, my 11-year-old I'm probably going to have a problem with it. Yeah, there was a lot of things. Like I can't say any of it on the radio. No. I can't say any of no. these things on the radio. And uh, th- th- there were some bad ones. And sometimes my dad was my coach and he was the one saying them. So, <laughs> you know, it was it was it was yeah. Texas says on the flip side, having to yell at your kids, even though the bad thing they did was hilarious and all you want to do is laugh is tough, too. We're already getting to the point where, where we're, we're having to turn away and not let our our kids laughing. Yeah. Like John, he, he's become the classic like little sibling, where he's just doing stuff now to get a rise out of everybody. So one of the things that, that I, one of the only things that I, I, I consistently like, just get really mad at our kids about is we have, we have a couple of tables in our, our living room. And one of them is like a kind of a coffee table. It's low to the ground. So like they can easily climb up on it and sit on or stand on. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm like, we don't sit on tables. We don't sit on tables. We don't stand on tables. Tables are for putting things on. We sit on chairs. And like Virginia, like she learned it pretty early on and she always just stays away from it. And now John has realized that it kind of pushes my buttons. And so he got a stool out the other day and like stared right at me and like climbed on the table and was like looking at me and just smiling. And I was like, John, get down. Like this you you know we don't sit on tables. It's ridiculous. And he's like not doing it. So so finally I take his stool away and like I take it in and like bring it into Virginia's room and like hide it. And he's like he's pissed off. Like he's furious. And he comes out and he just like sprints back into the room, knowing that I'd gone back there. After like five minutes, finds the stool, rips it down, comes out and is walking and Mary's like trying to like get between us so like I don't have to be the 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 bad cop again and and she's like, John, it's like John stop and he goes let me do this, mom. <laughs> and, like, in, like this very like just defiant voice. Like, let me do this, mom. And like she has to look away because she's about to just lose it and like laugh her ass off. And like that makes me – I'm already pissed off that he's like just defying me. But hearing him say that makes me like start to laugh a little bit. And it was definitely one of those where I'm like, John, like trying not to just like laugh my ass off the time. I mean it was just like this – Like, when did you become like a 17-year-old little <laughs> two-year-old man? Let me do this, Mom.
2: No, that's funny. I didn't even know he was... I didn't realize he was old enough to even be, like...
1: He's not. Hi, yeah, he that's what too. Yeah, I didn't... Yeah,
2: that's funny. That's so funny.
1: But he, now he's, he does a thing now where he calls his mom and dad sometimes because he hears the, the older kids do it, and it makes me laugh Hey, Dad. I'm like, come <laughs> on. When, when did this happen? <laughs> Let me do this, Mom. Texas says a lesser prestigious program like Memphis State firing Tubby Smith after back-to-back 20-win seasons should invalidate any defense of giving Kenny Payne a third year. It's a better comparison than the one that I... I always draw, which is Kentucky. Like, if you want to be Kentucky, and I think we do, like in terms of accomplishments, and you know, you, like, I would take where Kentucky is right now for sure. Yeah, absolutely, they fired Billy. Gillespie. Like, we we compare Billy Gillespie and Kenny Payne. Like, Kenny Payne's our Billy Gillespie. Billy Gillespie was the SEC coach of the year. He went to the NCAA tournament. He went to the NIT. The one year he didn't go to the NCAA tournament, and UK was still like, this is so bad that we got to get rid of this guy. I mean, he was like he was winning twenty games out there and winning national or individual coach of the year awards, and they still were like, "We've got and it was the right move. And we're sitting here like, I don't know if we can pull the plug on this guy that's won twelve games in two combined seasons. Like, it's 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 absurd. Do you know? By the way, I saw somebody ask the the question last night. Like, they were like, because we had made the point, or I'd made the point about how if it came down to it, I think Louisville we'll be able to find the money for a buyout at some other program. I don't care if it's the $10 million that, that Nate Oates has. And they are like, give me another instance of like a big program going to another big program, taking their coach and paying a, a gigantic buyout. And the only one that's happened recently is Texas taking Chris Beard from Texas tech and paying what I think was a three and a half million dollar buyout. And that's, you know, that that, that's pennies compared to, to, and so I was doing some research and I looked at it, and I was like, I just kind of wonder. I know it was outdated by today's standards, but I, wanna, I wonder how much UK had to pay Memphis to get John Calipari. Would you care to venture a guess, either one of you? Roman, how much do you think that UK had to pay Memphis to, to buy out John Calipari from his contract there? Uh,
3: I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good guess,
1: even. Trey, do you have a guess? Let's say $1.5 million. Two hundred thousand dollars. I was gonna say eight hundred. I was
3: gonna say eight hundred thousand.
1: Two hundred K was the buyout. And keep in mind, like John Calipari, kind of at the top of his game at this point. It's right. not like yeah. he wasn't having success at Memphis. They had just been, yeah, you know, they should have won the national title a, a year earlier in 08. Like they should have been. They were the number one seed. They had Derrick Rose. They, if they could make a free throw, they would have beaten Kansas and won it all. So he is. Like, there is a large reason for Memphis to want to keep him around as long as they possibly can, and his buyout was $200,000. So a little bit different than us looking at guys and saying, yeah, $16 million, $10 million. Uh, we, we can maybe make that work. Texas says, Chick-fil-A drive through is great, except you still have to go through it in order uh, if you order ahead on their app. They should have parking spots for call-ahead order pickups. They do. They do? Yeah. That's what I do usually yeah. at the one on uh, off Shelbyville Road. Texture says, I- I'm a data analyst. I pronounce both uh, data both ways. Who gives a rat's ass? Seriously, either way is fine. Thank you. Texas, says, wait, what was the explanation of the pronunciation of data? Did they say it's short and uh, a sound because there's no E after dat? Maybe I misheard. I hope they did because dat's goofy. That's that's good talk. <laughs> Texture says, I missed the last hour. Did my Joey Votto for L coach get some discussion Yeah, We talked about it. I- I'm on board. I want it to happen. Let's make it happen. Texter says, Nashville for sure is one of the new MLB teams. My brother told me this two years ago, May 2021. One of the guys who's very high up and heavily involved with the city's pitch to the MLB is tight with my brother and on the same church directive board. They have all the preliminary money together for a new stadium, uh, the location plan. They have their pitch to the MLB. You heard it here first. On February 21st, 2024, the Nashville Sounds will be one of the new MLB expansion teams. Bet on that right now. There you go. That's inside info. Um, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, Nashville's a good baseball town. Tennessee's a good baseball city. They don't have like a big team around there. Um, I can see that working. Texas, Mike, it's Ross. Hey, Ross. Ross tried to bring me Chick Fil A over the when, when I was sick over the week. It was really Dude, nice. What guy. a nice guy he was. Love Ross. And I, Ross, I should let you know. Like I was like I was like no. I was like I really don't want him to do this. I don't want the food. And he was like. He's like whatever, and like, eh, like I told him. And Mary's like, you should have let him drop it off. Like Mary was mad at me that I didn't let him drop off the Chick Fil A. When I when I told her, I was like, I just don't want him to like, go. I don't. He doesn't need to do this. Like we're fine. We're okay. We're feeling better now. Uh, but Ross says I don't think I'm going to be able to make the game tonight. But honest question, would I or someone get to become the governor of Glenville if I got on camera behind Shraff and Crean and just overtly and uncomfortably start open mouth kissing the air like a uh, sucker catfish mocking Tom Crean at halftime? If so, if not me, someone should definitely do that. Tom Crane, famous open-mouth kisser for, for his kids. Um, you can become mayor of Glenville. Glenville, by the way, is look like my dad's saying he's going to tear it down in like three years. He needs to keep it up. There's Mike, would the city explode if Josh Hurd comes out and says he's keeping Kenny for another year? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, why would he, he just like does it at halftime, takes the <laughs> mic? It'd be the meanest thing of all time. We're down by like 13 at halftime. People are booing and stuff, and Josh just takes the mic, and he's like, He's staying. <laughs> the place just explodes. I still like the idea of him like just, just going over the top, Josh trying to – he's worried about not having the goodwill of the fan base being upset, and so he just fires Kenny in the meanest fashion possible. You're fired. Probably not going to happen tonight. Probably not. Uh, speaking of tonight, well, we'll, we'll, hold on, quick update. What's the what's going on with the baseball team? sanix St. Toss Starks on
2: the bump tonight, by the way. Just got put in, I think, like a couple of things. Okay. Uh, First career d- inning for him.
1: Jake Arrieta takes the mound for Louisville.
2: There we go. Took Ty Stock out. Didn't go that well. Two play. on, no
1: out. Cards trailing. Xavier still now five one in the top of the eighth inning. Good lord, come on guys. We we need to have something to pivot to. We need to have some exciting springs board. Make this happen. We need to we need to get this going. I, I don't want to have to do three months of do we need to fire Dan McDonald? Uh, that that doesn't need to happen after no. the we we've done enough of that talk on this radio show. Satterfield then Payne. We don't need McDonald on there. Come on guys. Pick it up a little bit. Uh, we've got a nice night of college basketball ahead before we get to the Louisville versus uh, Notre Dame game, which is, of course, the big draw tonight. You've got 7 o'clock on ESPN, Duke taking on Miami. Miami, I would say, like it's not even a situation where they need this game to get back on the NCAA tournament bubble. Like Miami's just firmly off the ball. They, they've got no shot. Anything short of winning out and then winning like two or three games in the conference tournament, they're not going to get in unless they win the conference tournament. But I still could see them getting up for tonight's game uh duke on the road taking on miami it's a seven o'clock tip off in coral gables duke is a six and a half point road favorite uh trey ryan what's your gambling brain leading you towards picking here i'm sorry what game duke is a six and a half point road favorite over miami
2: i i like duke to win but miami might keep it close and cover honestly what do you think it's not a very definitive
1: pick right there i'm sorry roman what do you think it's hard uh i'm not sure Yeah, that one's a weird one for me. I mean, can you guys just just say something? Can you guys just just make a pick and stand by it, sports radio, guys? Duke to win, Miami to cover. There you go. That's what I want to hear. I mean, there is a Rutherford curse at play here. Anytime I write something friendly about some team, they tend to to spit the bit the next game. So, would not be shocked at all, I guess, if Duke uh, doesn't play well. Having said that, Miami is just – I think that they're done. They're tanking it. Their offense isn't hitting at all. I think Duke – I think this is the time that Duke starts making their run, and people start saying, "You know, I think Duke actually may be the best team in the ACC going into that rematch in a couple of weeks." I think Duke wins. They cover tonight by eh, a handful of points. Seven o'clock on ESPN two. The only ranking, uh, the only matchup of two ranked teams tonight. Number twenty four, Florida, formerly the hottest team in college basketball, on the road taking on number thirteen, Alabama. Bama nine and a half point home favorites in Tuscaloosa. This is seven o'clock tip off on ESPN two. Do either one of you all want to make a prediction on this game?
3: I like Alabama very safely, but I don't know if nine and a half is, you know, I say very safely. I think, you know, six, seven point safe win. Okay, Trey? Yeah, I'm right there
2: with them. I think they'll win comfortably, but nine and a half is a lot of points. So kind of hard to cover there.
1: Give me Bama winning and covering. I think they're about to hit, hit their, their stride there as well. Uh, Kentucky is on the road, taking on LSU. I'm telling you right now, this line's too small. I'm not going to bet on them because I won't bet on UK, but nine o'clock on ESPN. UK is a six and a half point road favorite. Uh, I think this is based on models of how poorly UK was playing before. I think they're going to win and cover that. I don't. I don't. I don't. That six and a half is not much. I agree. LSU sucks. I agree. LSU. Uh, I, I like my guy Matt McMahon, but I'm not a. I don't like that line at all. Um, is there a big X big bet? Somebody wants to know. I've got. A, I've got a big X big bet for tonight. How about this? We're going to go into the Southern Conference. We're going to go to my guys. Western Carolina. They're on the road, taking on UNC Greensboro. I think it's a three-point spread. They're going to cover that tonight. They're going to win straight up. Catamounts unite. Justin Gray is a good head coach. Catamounts get it done. Western Western Carolina money line is your big X, big bet of the night. Uh, The big show tonight, Cards taking on Notre Dame, 7 o'clock tip-off. We've got an hour to go on ESPNU. Do we win tonight, Trey Ryan? Yes or no? Yes, sir, we do. Roman? Yes. I think we're winning. We We have Tyler and Sky ready to go. And the Cards get it done tonight. I'm going to say they win in cover. Score prediction. 67-60.
3: I was feeling like 62-59-58.
1: All right. I'm good with that, too. I'm right there with you. Let's make it happen. Right Go Cards. Beat Notre Dame. We're off to Disney World. So enjoy the next uh, couple of episodes without me. I'm back next week. We'll get you going. Unless Kenny Fane gets fired. In which case, I'll see you soon. Go Cards.